you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> Mowers, start your engines. It's the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. And it's well away from Easter, but it's a miracle. It is. It is a miracle because I'm Adam Peacock. I've been here for the last couple of weeks. And the man who's also introed in that particular piece of audio that you hear coming into the show, not the House of Pain, the bit before it, Adam Peacock and Nick Davis, who is I live and breathe, is sitting right in front of me for once. Hello, Nick. Welcome back. Yeah, many of... Many, and uh, when I say many, me have likened it to Michael Jordan returning to the Chicago Bulls. Um, you did. You, okay, so for the <laughs> listeners out there, and good morning, everyone listening. And um, Gibbo, great to see you again. And uh, just a always quick shout out to well, the, always, the, the real mate, MVP over there who got me a bacon and egg roll and a coffee because things huge. were a bit behind this I morning. I would have just got myself You're the king. Thank you. No, well... As they say, producers, you know, you've always got to look after your talent. You've got mm. happy talent. When are they turning up? happy show. <laughs> when is the talent arriving? Yeah. Oh, I think Noddy is coming at about 12. He's not. Early. That's why I've come back because yeah. Noddy's like, listen, I'd rather coach the West Tigers and hang out with Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so. Which. Well. <laughs> a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> Hey, if you if you take the Warriors' job next week, I'll know that something is seriously wrong with my personal hygiene or my personality or both. Yeah, I'm uh, back. Um, I'm back. In Speaking of intros, just quickly, before you? I went on my little coaching uh, hiatus, I got my own little intro for the afternoon one when I did my, a couple of afternoon shows. Oh, did you? That was cool. They gave you the big boy toys by yourself. Uh, big boy toys. A couple of afternoons. All by myself. I'll, by talking to myself for three hours, I worked out that I am an idiot. Gibbo's rubbing his chin over here. He yeah. wants something. It depends which uh, which intro it was because I, I think I heard one of them. And mm, yeah, I wouldn't be putting my hand up too high, too high for that. Why? Oh, was it the one where? Oh, I don't know. I just I heard it and I had to laugh. Was it like, oh, Nick Davis is here to save us again? No, it was an actual. And, oh, and okay. it was in like Probably after pretty- the news after the news oh. comes out and. From 12 o'clock, uh, instead of it saying afternoons with Jimmy Smith or call time with Craigie Brown, it said afternoons with Nick Davis. I was like, oh. <laughs> Did that sound? And it know, said, they didn't tip E5 at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other day, so we're, Gibbo and I are thinking, okay, who do we get on? We're maybe going to have Noddy, but then Michael Maguire, uh-uh, Noddy in, not weekend in. busy. No, you're not. So we need someone. Yeah, and good luck to Noddy as well. Top guy Thank and hope he, hope he goes really well. Um. So we're like, oh, no, who are we going to get? Because Nick's coaching. He said he's got to be up at North Sydney Oval. And then all of a sudden we get this text message. And, yes, he does have the temerity to use the greatest press release to announce a comeback in the history of the world, the history of history. Michael Jordan's iconic press release that simply said, I'm back. So he sent that through to us. <laughs> and then what did you do? You sent through a picture of you being yep, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yep, I'm back. I'm back. I'm Michael Jordan, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Gibbo, Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> which in ability and lifestyle kind of fits yep. fits that category. Who did you put as me? Judd Butcher. <laughs> Just a role player. <laughs> I went back and said, hey, 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 hang on. Can, can I be maybe Steve Kerr? Not athletically gifted, really bad back. 
He's got that. But likes to think about things in a different way. You can be Maybe. Steve Kerr. Oh, thanks, Michael. No, you're welcome. I would have gone for a Bill Cartwright for you, but anyway. Speaking of things that have happened while I've been away. Big And loaf. miracles. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You've tipped a winner. <laughs> yes. We'll have Tristan Merlihan a little later in the show to but you did discuss t- this. But you, did, you did confess. Greg from Gundagai. Shout out to Greg from <laughs> Gundagai. <laughs> He's texting. Who texts in. Before the show started, Greg. Yeah, he's keen old Grego. He's got the mower fired up before time. Because he wanted, when you tip a winner, when you tip a winner to someone. Oh, yeah, you walk in like really Vince McMahon. He's what's like, the what's the protocol for text back or or thanks, mate, or thumbs up? or We, we absolutely got to give Greg from Gundagai a little bit of props for. Okay, the, the horse crosses the line and it – if it's a good tip like Greg's was yeah. last week, and I don't have Greg's number, so I couldn't text him, but if you don't reciprocate your glee and thankfulness to the person who gave you the tip within 10 minutes, it's a free-for-all for the person that gave that tip. <laughs> it is a complete free-for-all. And never let them forget about it. A bit like you, the dog with a bone type thing. You never let people forget about things. So we'll be discussing the Socceroos a bit later in the show. Yes, we will. Sorry, Sorry to disappoint you. Sorry to disappoint you. But, yeah, welcome um, to the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers. Win big at toromowersclub.com.au. Now, this, Nick, ends it's important. tomorrow. It ends tomorrow. Yes, you can enter toromowersclub.com.au. As many times as you want. To win. A Toro Mower. Yep. Or the blower. That's a prize as well. And, and the, the merch. And the Keith Atherton hat. And the Keith Atherton hat. It's important. Enter as many times as you like. I think for summer we should try and get the Carl Hooper hat as a, I don't know. What's the difference? Variation. The white one? No, no, the, 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 the cap, the flat cap. No, because we're sun smart when we're out there. Ah, of course. But you can win big at toromowersclub.com.au. Get in. If you have a Toro, you can absolutely enter. You can have two. We've spoken about this. Yeah. You can team mow your lawn. Friend out the back. You out the front. And it's the last, I reckon it's about the last weekend before it goes completely dormant. If it hasn't already, given the cold snap yeah. that we've had. What a cold snap it's been. Bit of a mower's buy. The mower's going to take some buy mm-hmm. for actually mowing the lawn. So you, you want to get it before it does go dormant and you don't have to be out there every week with the Toro. Mm-hmm. Imagine that last cut before the real winter being with the brand new Toro that you've won. On our Toro competition. It'd be a special moment. It would be. A very special moment. you got to be in it to win it. So if you're listening, uh, 1170 SEN in Sydney, 1620 SEN on the Gold Coast, uh, listening live on the SEN app, good morning. If you're listening to the Mowers Club podcast, if you're listening to it before the end of Sunday, you can still enter that competition to our mowersclub.com.au. Let us know what you think on 03, oh, sorry, 1300. 01170 ring on the open Melbourne. line. <laughs> ring Melbourne. Uh, 0457 736 736 on the text line. We got anything in mind that we want to throw out there yep. on the text line? Yep. Nick? I've had a couple because I've had a, few, a little bit of time off. Yeah, got a long run up. I'm going to wait for yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got one and I don't think I'll need it. You might not need it. Off the back of the Melbourne boys and their little dinner and the sledging. So take us through that story because oh, no, not a lot of people. Take it because it's in the it's in the week of review. If you read the rundown, no, just a brief summation of the story. Not a lot of people know or care about what happens with the Melbourne Football well, Club up here in Sydney. It's been quite amusing. It has the been quite amusing. The boys have gone out for a bit of a, uh, the boys have gone out for dinner. 
Yeah, they've uh, they've had a couple too many. So Stephen May and Jake Melksham are the two central characters in this story. Yeah, and there's one more. I think it's uh, Colin Samuel. Anyway, the coach so, Simon Goodwin. No, he was not there putting on uh, multis. Um, <laughs> stupid multis. Stupid. Well, only if they get beat. Uh, gamble responsibly. Uh, Stephen May um, has had a few. The Bill has had a few too many, and the boys have started sledging. Stephen May has sledged one of the other guys, saying that organising this dinner is the best thing that you've done since being injured before the finals. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Someone else has said, boys, we can't talk to each other like that. And he goes, you don't know how the senior players talk to each other. You only play reserves. Wow. Okay. Wow. So he's just whacking so everyone. He's just whacking into everybody. Yeah. How good. And then Jake Melchum's chimed in and gone, mate, you got to come down. He goes, mate, seriously, if you had played in the grand final, we would have lost. Whoa. <laughs> Given the fact they won by 73 points. He's... Red mist descended. So then Jake Melchum's thrown one and landed, cut his hand over. He's now got infected hand and had to have surgery on his infection. Oh, he's, got his staff. he's got a staff. <laughs> he's got punches staff. So I want to know your best sledges. Sledges that you've sledged your teammate. Sledges that you've sledged someone else. Sledges that you've heard around world sport. Yeah, you've got the state that you've dropped the World Cup. Bozza tore into me one day at Fox, which is pretty funny. <laughs> what do you say? He goes, he lost his temper. And it's funny when Bozza loses his temper. <laughs> it's funny when Bozza does anything. And I'm trying to convince him to talk about something and he didn't want to. And yeah. that's fair enough. He didn't want to. And he just lost it. And he goes, and don't forget, the only reason you're here is because of us. Because we've played the game. We know what we're talking about. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Not on air. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so that was a good sledge. Thanks, Boz. I even laughed like Bozza. <laughs> sledge you copped? Oh, heaps. Mm. Heaps. Um, I can't remember who we were playing. It was the, the MCG. Um, I was over to the fence, probably picking up the ball. The only, the only time I touched the ball probably for that game was to pick it up and throw it back to the umpire. And one of the crowd said, did you have to pay to come and watch this game? <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to pay to watch. Are you having to pay to watch as well? Because that's all you're doing. That's a good hey, one. you just turn around. A little tip of the cap to that one. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Thumbs up. Uh, oh, dear. Deary me. Uh, Paolo from Peakhurst. Great Saturday with you boys. Uh, morning, Paolo. Quick one, AP, where can you purchase the Socceroos book that you had? Yes. His new Socceroos book that chronicles the 100 years of um, the Socceroos. Shut up, Nick. <laughs> Just shut up. Sometimes you make it too easy. <laughs> it's got what, pictures of us what, playing in worldwide competitions. What's it, chron- what's it chronicling? <laughs> chronicling. What is, the, what is it? What have they done? Made the riddle, last, riddle me this. Made the last four World Cups. Riddle me this. Made the 1974 World Cup, won the Asian Cup. So it's a book about participation. I love it. Ah, oh, dear. Um, so it's, yeah, 100-year history of the Socceroos because it's 100 years since they the first game in 1922. It, was a fan- it is a fantastic book. It's got some great photos in it. So I'll show you one photo, actually. That's, this is good for radio? Yeah, this is good for radio. <laughs> there's, uh, no, there's, there's the, the, remember the Spew shirt? Yes. The Robbie Slater. Robbie Slater. And there's our... <laughs> It's our national team manager with his moustache and the curly mop happening with the spew shirt on. Uh, so, yeah, that's out right now. So, power. I don't know where you can buy it, but Maybe that all could be another bookstores. one. Not for today because we're going best ledgers, but worst, worst kits, worst sporting kits. See, that's so good. It's bad. It's that, that's so bad it's good. No, it's not. No, my son actually said if they sold that, everyone of my generation would buy that. No, they now. wouldn't. They would. No, they wouldn't. They would. 
coming up on today's show, Scotty Sattler, Kevin Sheedy, Phil Murphy from ESPN, man with the greatest job in the world. Oh. Goes to the NBA finals. Checks the lights up and top of the <laughs> And Spark Sport New Zealand presenter Scotty Stevenson. Thank God Ken Callender doesn't say produce this show. Say Present- that again. Scott Sattler, <laughs> Kevin Sheedy, Phil Murphy from ESPN, and Spark Sport New Zealand presenter Scotty Stevenson. What do you reckon, Nick? She's a bit of a setup? <laughs> Far out. <laughs> and Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan. No, uh, looking forward to all of that a bit later on. Now, NRL score update. Remember, SEN every week will produce, uh, broadcast four games, including this afternoon with the Gold Coast Titans taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs from 2 p.m. Uh, Potsy, Mark Braybrook, uh, Scotty Sattler and Gary Belcher on deck. Last night, North Queensland. They're a handy footy side, and they're going to play a Good part in September, 31-12. And they played a trial against Brisbane, and they looked legless. They and must- everyone was potting them. They must have been um, hard at it. They must have been, you know, you go into trial matches a bit heavy trial match. Yeah. Trial match. Well done to uh, to Toddy Pape. Well done to... Apparently in Townsville, they were running up that mountain a lot in pre-season. And they were, uh, yeah, they're a fit footy side. So defensively, you can tell. They were putting in long hours. Mm. Uh, friend of the show, friend of mine, friend of SEN, Chad Townsend. Um, he, in the pre-season, he was very hard to talk to. He was busy. They were doing plenty of work. So, and look, well done to Chad Townsend as well. A lot, uh, a lot of people were uh, were talking about that as, um, geez, what are the Cowboys doing here? But he has been, is uh, he, the right person for the right job. He might not have been the right halfback for certain teams, but for the Cowboys and what they needed, uh, plenty of talent in that side. Uh, good steadying halfback. He's been outstanding. I would have thought, and I know this is a very, very basic way of looking at it, but if you prepare in the conditions that they prepare in, at the same ferocity of a team that prepares down in Sydney or Melbourne, surely that's got to be people going to the beneficial, the heat chambers and the altitude and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's hot up there, stink. You get value for money with your training. You only got to run one lap, and it's like you've run fifty. I want to go up there and train. Uh, the AFL footy last night, the MCG, wow. big night for oh, Essendon, wasn't it? Just big. It was like the Platinum Jubilee celebration. <laughs> was it was huge, and then they got pumped. <laughs> Not pumped, but beaten handily by Carlton. It was uh, it was an extravaganza before, and uh, all the ex players were out there and the herds. And Neil Danaher was there. Great to see. Uh, or the herds, sorry, they had the Danahers. Uh, the four boys were out there. Neil Danaher was out there again in AFL land. Uh, the Queen's birthday game. Uh, Melbourne Collingwood. The big freeze is on. Um, great charity. Uh, great cause that that goes to. James Hurd was welcome back into the fold. All the old players were out there. They got there and they they all got in a circle before the game and then... Bow-bow. Bow-bow. <laughs> no, no good. So James Heard was like, you know, the returning yeah, hero. It, it was like uh, the Undertaker coming out. <laughs> after his five years off. After his five years He came out through the mist and the, the smoke and welcome back, James Heard. And it was a big thing. And Sheeds came. We'll speak to Sheeds. And they and it'd be interesting to talk to to Kevin Sheedy about it, about what is missing from from this side. Is it just time? Daisy Pierce was talking on the coverage. It, it might be just time for this uh, this side. Is it coaching? Have they lost the fabric? What what do they need to go back to? So it'd be interesting to talk to Kevin. But Carlton, uh, very good. They were very good. They uh, they got. They're not far off. 
They're were, not. Yeah. Far, like, Jacob Wiedering for our AFL people, they're, they're key defender. He's going to miss probably four to six weeks with a an AC joint injury. Uh, but their key forwards, Harry Mackay, uh, outstanding. Outstanding. He could be the next. He's not going to be Lance Franklin, but he could be the player, the next generation to take over the baton. The baton can be handed baton. from. So they've got one of the best forwards in Harry Mackay. They've got one of the best midfielders in Patrick Cripps. Yeah, and yeah. And that key defender as Walsh, well. So that's Wiedering. a good uh, Georgie Hewitt from the Sydney Swans has gone down there. Mm-hmm. They could be a little bit thin, small defenders, but very good. Very Rugby good. Union, uh, in the final hour, we're going to head across the ditch, of course, and chat to Scotty Stevenson from Spark Sport. But last night, the Crusaders beat the Chiefs. Was expected, Gibbo, but it wasn't the total domination that a lot of people thought it might be. No, the, the Chiefs have been playing some good footy in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, mine and Nick's favourite team in the Super yep. Rugby uh, the thing is, though, the Crusaders have this unmatched record at home when playing in a finals match. 27 matches at home, 27 wins. So they've never lost. The Chiefs were in it for most of the match. Uh, good record. Pablo Matera, who the, was the Argentinian captain, he got a red card. So mm. he was gone for 20 minutes. But that didn't help them at all. The Chiefs had all the ball. They had all the territory. They just couldn't score. So the Crusaders are looking pretty tough to beat. But hopefully this afternoon... The Brumbies can get it done against the Blues, and it will be a Brumbies Crusaders final over there. Over there, but who I, hosts if Blues if Blues win? Blues Blues came first, Auckland. so Blues yep. won, Crusaders two. Look, uh, the optimist in me wants the Brumbies to win, but I think it's going to be Crusaders Blues grand final, and what that'll mean is Richie Moanga, who's the number ten for the All Blacks, in and out up against Bodie Barrett, who's the either ten or twelve mm. for the All Blacks. So it'll be a huge match, but yeah. Chiefs are gone. Crusaders still in. Uh, and we'll talk to Scotty a bit about the cricket as well. Really good day for New Zealand, despite the fact that Kane Williamson got ruled out of the uh, the second test against the English due to COVID. But uh, four for 318. It stumps on day one at Trent Bridge. Ben Stokes won the toss and sent the Black Caps in. So it didn't quite work out. Uh, Daryl Mitchell, 81, not out. And Tommy Blundell, James's brother, 67. <laughs> so they put on nearly 150. Is it? So, could be. Could know. be. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Kiwis on top there. Australia take on uh, Sri Lanka tonight in the third and final T20 of the series. And uh, Australia A played overnight. They got beaten by the Sri Lankans, but uh, Travis Head cracked a century in white ball cricket. So um, Travis Head is playing well. NBA, we're going to chat to Phil Murphy a bit later on about uh, tip-off in game four. Huge game, this one. This is a huge game. 3 one two, two. Big difference, Boston and Golden State. Boston leading two games to one at the moment. Have you watched any of the live golf? And we will talk about this a bit later on because it's all kicked off over there. Greg Hasn't Norman's it? Saudi-backed new golf tournament. Um, I like the shotgun start. So shotgun start, if you're not across golf, is everyone tees off at the same time on different holes as opposed to everyone teeing off the first one by one. Yeah, so That's a good idea. It's a good TV product. But, man, it's a tough sell because it just looks like one big money grab. Yeah, it is. Not looks like is it is. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, for the players. Uh, I think it's absolutely uh, money. Uh, so last, like you finished last in this event. And there's a 48 in the field, is there? Yeah. It's 120 grand. 160. 160 for finishing last. Yeah, and there's no cut, so you just got to play. Wow, it's handy. 54 holes. What do you think, girls out there? Whap it in the TP5 round yesterday. Yeah. Is there some hope? Millions. But it took you one hour and 37 minutes to, to get the get right shot one, for Instagram story. Vlogged it. Well done. Thank you. Um, 
for the people that are investing money in this. There, there's absolutely method to the madness. Bottomless pit. It is a bottomless pit, but they're trying to you know, turn around some perceptions and whatnot and trying to you know, invest in the sport. Whether they're doing it the right way, I don't know. PGA Tour have taken it well. They love it. They've <laughs> <laughs> banned all their players who have ta- like they've just revoked their membership. Half we an were... hour, they waited for them to tee it up. They <laughs> waited for them to just about to putt out on their first hole and then let the press release go yesterday saying, you're off the tour. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh, it's one big mess. We're off to a quick break. We're going to remind you after the break of how you win that Toro prize pack. Thanks to Toro Mowers, 100 years of innovation. Back in a moment on the Mowers Club. ToroMowersClub.com.au to win a Toro Mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, welcome back. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Tell us what's on your mind this morning. And also the text line 0457 736 736 uh, about sledges. The best yeah, sledges. Just random sledges you've copped. Sledge. rather hear the ones that you've copped. copped. But if you've if, dish it out, if, if you're the tough guy. Or the tough girl. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. There's one here from Cameron, uh, Morning Mowers Club. Uh, first uh, time I'm texting you. Thank you, Cameron. A sledge I've cop. Uh, I was playing over 35 soccer and one of my own teammates told me I play spectacular crap house. <laughs> but he's used the S word to start. I'm not sure if we can get away with it. So, uh, yeah, fair enough, Cameron. That is a sledge. That is a reasonable sledge uh, <laughs> thrown your way. They're the best. I think everyone's become so sensitive. You look good. Sledge is funny. Tell it how it is. It's funny. Uh, Greg from Gun Guys text in as well. On the text line, 0457-736-736. He's on the road again. The smart racing team from Canberra on the way up to Royal Randwick. We have two runners today. Race one, loose love, bet each way, and stable favourite, race six, Washington Towers, who will win. And we're on the M5 about two hours out of Sydney. If you see a horse float with smart racing on the side, give him a beep. Greg from Gundagai, who was all over uh, our winner for last week. Well done, Greg. I'm Mm. proud of you for – he's – Long time listener, long time texter, Greg. And from, I'm going to ban Adam from any of your horses going in his. No, I'll bad. never tip one of his. Good. I'll never tip one of his. Because you can just turn around. Yeah. You just turn straight around. Because he's given us so much. 750 bucks into the kick last week, into the cancer cancel kick. For the special bet with Tristan. But, uh, yeah, we'll have Tristan Merlihan a bit later on in the show. Speaking of sledges. Well. Yes. <laughs> Mark from Mortdale's giving Greg Norman a bit of a sledge here. Hey, boys, with Greg Norman being head of the Rebel Golf Tour and bans being placed on these players, will there also be a ban imposed on ex-players for runners-up reunions at the Masters? Cop that. Greg, there's a sledge for you. Now, don't forget this competition, Winbeg at toromowersclub.com.au. You have competition chance to register, update your equipment or add to your Toro collection. You can never have too many Toro products. There's a mower in there. There's a blower. There's the merch, the Mowers Club merch. And the competition concludes tomorrow, the 12th of June. So toromowersclub.com.au. Head to that website and get involved, Nick. It's well worth your time. Absolutely. Enter as many times as you can. Got to be in it to win it. Mm-hmm. Got to be in it to win it. Got to be in it to win it. Is it that that could have been one of your uh, your sayings and puns that you that we went at a few. Got to be in it to win it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, but tell us why. Take a photo of your old Toro. Yep. Tell us why you want a new one. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Let us know. 
and keep the text coming on the best ledgers that you've heard. So we've got a big show the ahead. Lord will, look, the Lord will stump up some coin for the best ledgers. Yes, absolutely he will. Absolutely he will. And on uh, on the other side of this news break, we're going to have the week in review. We're going to uh, have a little chat about all the big talking points out of another big week in sport. Back in a moment on the Mowers Club. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Let's put a line through the biggest stories of the week with the Mowers Week in Review. You haven't been there for, for that long that you haven't heard that intro. You've heard that intro. No, with the whippersnipper. No. We've got the mower at the start. And we've got this to week and review, the whippersnipper, just to clean things up, just to put a knot on things for the week. This is our week and review on the Mowers Club. And welcome back. All thanks to Toro Mowers. Uh, Nick. Yep. The new stadium. Oh, yeah. Looks plush. Looks fantastic. Look plush. So the opening fixtures, uh, the football festival over five days in September. September 2, Sydney Roosters, South Sydney. And then Wallaby, South Africa, the night after that. And then three nights later, might need a couple of nights to recover <laughs> the turf for the Matildas take on the Olympic champions, Canada, women's football. So three massive games of uh, football, whatever code yes. you like. Um, yes, CG ground stuff. We'll have the Toros out <laughs> after the Wallaby, South Africa game there. They'll be scrumming all over it. How, um, how impressive is it? Uh, it's very impressive. It's... Uh, it's one thing that I think um, we've be- definitely been lacking um, in regards to stadiums. I've been able to travel around and, and look, yep, the MCG is, uh, has had a bit of an upgrade there with the, with the new stand. Um, Marvel is still, you know, fairly modern. Then you go to Adelaide Oval, pretty new, new and modern. Optus, in, uh, Optus Stadium in Perth, very modern. Um, I think we've been crying out for a, a brand new stadium here in, in New South Wales and Sydney for a, a long time. And um, it's, uh, it is very good um, inside and out. It's, uh, it looks very good. I think um, it'll be, look, the, the corporate stuff there will be, uh, will be top notch, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously important. They're the people that, um, that pay for the, the corporate suites and, and the facilities there. Um, I think the, obviously the surface and then the, uh, the ground. Um, will be magnificent. Yeah, hopefully the surface knits quickly. It doesn't. Uh, th- that is the one issue you find with big sporting venues, new ones, is that the the surface takes well, time. Well, the turf is the last thing that normally uh, that normally whips down there, and everyone's like, "Oh, look how great!" It- oh, whoops, we forgot the we've got to get the grass down. Yeah, uh, but, rather important. Yeah, rather important. But they'll get that right. Look, um, sheds and all that sort of stuff. Uh, lights looks really good, lit up. Um, Academy training outside, and you can see when they, they they're working around the clock there, um, and yep, they'll uh, they'll have it done, ready to go by the the second of September. Origin, New South Wales. Yeah. Do they start making changes? I think um, one change that needs to be made well, is that the James one, Tedesco. One, he needs to keep his strides up. He needs to get some elastic in his strides. Happens a lot to Ted. Yeah, Roosters games too. Just hanging out anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's better than just walking down the street like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they will. I, I think um, I think they will make change. Uh, I was uneasy about this game. I, I just didn't think there was was nice. The build up was nice. There was no edge to it. I, and I think New South Wales sides um, 
play better with 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 some edge. And I I think um, sometimes you need to manufacture it. I think Queensland it's and we talk about oh, Queenslanders and all that. And it's in there. I think um, I I thought in the build up to the game that they didn't Billy Slater going in there um, with the his new coaching staff. Uh, I, I didn't think they need to, to drum up too much. They, they've they always sort of got that way of, uh, about them. But the New South Wales, I just thought the build-up was nice. <laughs> nice. It was nice. Nice. Uh, but, the, the, like, I, I get what you're saying about manufacture, but you just can't make it up. You can't get yeah, you can. people to change character. Yeah, well, you play in a Sandman when you run out. You, gotta... <laughs> <laughs> you can. Well, pick not nice people. So pick lesser footy players, but lesser humans to kind of balance it out. Is that what you're saying? Uh, they're not pick l- mongrels. They're not lesser human. You got It's not. And I think New South Wales, to their absolute credit, last few years have picked the right team. Uh, where I think Queensland. Uh, I remember when Christian Welsh was picked a few years ago. Like, who's this? Like, who is this guy? Mm. They picked the right person. Uh, I just think it just and to rub to sorry to rob the the, the gas gourd. It just smelt like an. It was an absolute. Don't say it. Say it. No, I'm gonna say. I it. know you know you can say <laughs> it. It's the A word, isn't it? Ambush. But at least we can talk about origin now. It's not because I know it annoys you when people get injured. Yeah, I don't mind talking about it now. But well, look, New South Wales without. Mitchell and Trebojevic, who absolutely dominated the first two games last year. Mm-hmm. Completely dominated. So, you know, yep. two And they outs. weren't there, but the, was there, an, okay, well, they're not there. How do we win a different way? And that's the point. And Queensland played a lot quicker, a lot quicker, a lot of mobility through their pack. Mm-hmm. Like, not just big units, like quick, biggish units. Yeah, and I, I think they probably adjusted a little bit more. And I think Freddie's come out and, and spoke about it in the media. And, and you said, like, they, they owned the ruck and it's on the replay here. Look, they, it, it, that's WWE. It, they played origin. Whereas mm. I think the New South Wales side didn't adjust. Like, yeah, you can wrestle more in, in the ruck. You can slow them down more. Um, the, the referee is not going to blow as many penalties in origin. No. Um, and I think you need to, to test the waters there. And they didn't quite – they didn't adjust. Coach, uh, merry-go-round yep. kind of spun almost out of control earlier this week. The two it? of them went in the one day. I was worried. Nathan Brown. <laughs> uh, he's replaced – Nathan Brown at the Warriors, replaced yep. by club legend Stacey Jones. Michael McGuire out at the Tigers. Brett Kamali, SEN's very own – the interim there, but it's been reported Cameron Serraldo has been offered a long-term contract at the Tigers. You got Tim Sheens there, so that in theory, and we had Matty Johns on on Thursday on the run home. He said it, it, it's going to help having a guy like Tim Sheens there for a young coach. But is it a place for a young bloke? The Tigers who have underperformed, a bit like the Warriors, for a very long time, despite a general feeling that they should be going in the right direction, they don't. What do you reckon is going to happen to the Tigers here? Um, they've got well, to find something. They've got to find something. They've got to find someone. Uh, they've pinned a lot of their hopes on the centre of excellence. How excellent they're going to be when they play there, who knows? Um, it's it's interesting. I talk about the having brand new stadiums and look, you know, 
the Tigers talking about brand new facilities. Uh, 20 kilo weights are 20 kilo weights, no matter where, what sort of fancy gym you're pushing them in. Um, Should it be allowed to be called a centre of excellence until something good happens out of it? <laughs> until you're excellent. So yeah. centre of mediocrity. <laughs> well, who knows what it's going to be called. But um, I think it's a, like the people around there, Tim Sheens, yes. Uh, board owners, blah, 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 yes. Cameron Serraldo, if he's going to take it, he should take it now. Yep. It do- doesn't mean he needs to coach him for the rest of this season, but he has to start now making decisions on rosters. I think Craig Fitzgibbon was able to do that with the Cronulla takeover. He started, you know, it, it wasn't at the end of the season and then going, oh, I've got to try and get a team together. Yeah. Moves have been made now. Um, I think if he's going to do it, he, he can go, yep. Was well, Fitzy given... Um, did he leave the Roosters straight away? No, last he, year? Was, he was still there. He but, was still there, but he was. Robbo gave him time to go yeah, and get his roster. Yeah, in. yeah. So he'd still fulfil his Roosters commitments very, very well. And um, it, and then there was a point where at the end of the day he'd be able to then go. Okay, now I've got to get my shark stuff in order, which is fair enough. Yeah. What? Well, uh, so he walked in the office at four thirty with a shark's hat on and said, "See, Robbo, <laughs> I'm off to ruin, <laughs> ruin your life in years to come." Not ruined, but make yeah. it more difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, if Cameron Samarado is going to do it, I think he needs to come out and go, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll absolutely fulfill my role at Penrith for the rest of this season, but I need to start getting things in order hmm. now. Um, so, look, it wouldn't be the worst place to to probably go and coach. Uh, but I, the, the Nathan Brown one, wow, it's um, – that's <laughs> – I don't want to coach the New Zealand Warriors when they go and be like, well, they're the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, oh, it's it's good that he gets out. He doesn't just do it for the sake of doing it. You know, the Warriors can get on with life. He can get on with his life. If he's going to use that as what an excuse, then it's an excuse. Where now? Nathan Brown. Mm. I don't know, but he's <laughs> he's filled his pockets in the last decade or so coaching where he's coached. So I can't imagine that he's desperate for a gig. Yes, Gibber? He spoke on NRL 360 during the week saying that he wants to move into another field within rugby league of coaching young coaches. So a coach's coach. Oh, yeah. Because he's sort of been a development coach, right? Or clubs who are transitioning between bottom of the table or top eight. So I think it's good, but like it's a shame for the Warriors because they, it, this happens to them quite constantly. Well, they just got to get back to New Zealand after the last couple of years yeah. and have a period of stability. Yeah. Not it, that, they don't need to be a top four side within the next two years. There's got to be a stable yep. club over there again and regenerate their uh, their rugby league operations. Yeah, because it's it, been do last you think year. there'll be more? It, it oh, generally yeah. happens in AFL. Same thing, and a lot lot different. Once the first Coach Domino goes, then you find a few more, and then. Well, the, I guess the, the Gold mu- Coast is the next. Holbrook's, chair. Holbrook's yeah. the next one, but I mean, again, it's a bit like the others. Like you, you change, but what are you going to change to? Yep, I agree with that. Anyway, I agree with that. Football. Mm. Adam. Graham Arnold might soft- be looking for a kick. So. Well, there could be another Domino to fall. He might want to come back and coach someone in the NRL. The Socceroos. One match standing between them and a ticket to the World Cup in Qatar. That Willy Wonka golden ticket is sitting there for the Socceroos. It's half in Peruvian hands at the moment. <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're favourite. Uh, we'll get Tristan's market a bit later on, but it's going to be difficult. Peru are a very, I'll put it, 
They're a very functional side. They're, functional. They're on the same page. They're, they're a unit. Connected. They're connected. They play decent football as well. They just don't lump it long to the big guy up front. They like to pass through lines and, and make space. They're physical. They fight like South American teams do. Mm-hmm. They know how to get into a bit of a, a rumble if it turns into that. There's a Slovenian referee, actually, a, a UEFA referee, which he'll be strict on okay. you know, the over-contact that you might see. Uh, what but, do the soccerers need to do to win? Not make stupid mistakes. I know that sounds very, very basic, but no. stay as compact as possible. So nullify the space from front to back. And that's a hard thing to do because football pitch doesn't change size 100 metres long. But what they need to do, they need to keep those lines within uh, the, the back line to the front line and the offside trap and, and whatever comes with it to about 30 metres on the pitch at yep. all times, moving up and down the pitch. And then just play, take the opportunities. I'll probably, I'd, I'd imagine the Socceroos that have about four or five opportunities the whole game, unless something weird happens with Peru. Mm-hmm. They won't be afforded many opportunities to score. So you've got to take them. And there was a couple of opportunities in that second half against UAE the other night that really should have taken them and, and didn't quite. But, yeah, they, they won't be afforded much. I remember the World Cup match in Sochi in 2018 when they played. It's actually coincided with the greatest ever hangover I've had in my life. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that's another story for another day. But the soccer has had chances. Tommy Rogic, I remember, had a couple of chances in the first half, but didn't take them. In the end, Peru and their quality overwhelmed okay. the Socceroos. So they're a good side. The fifth best South American side should be better than what we played the other night, which was the seventh best Asian side. Right. Just by looking at it like that, they will be. They will be better. Um, it's going to be difficult. What if, if we look out on the pitch and we see Australia doing something? Something well. Something poorly. poorly. And you go, well, we're gone here. What is it? Uh, it's out of position defensively when we have the ball, oddly enough. So it's getting a bit too carried away with forward movement down with the width. As well, like it happened a couple of times to Nathaniel Atkinson on uh, last week, the right back. He, he got a little bit of out of position and then he was trying to recover and then they used that space UAE down yep. that left. They had a lightning quick guy. They would have noticed that the, the, the Peruvians would notice that. They would have noticed that, that in 10 seconds, 10 seconds flat. So, that. yeah, just to just to remain compact. That's the, the key word for the Socceroos because quality-wise, man for man, Peru are probably better okay. with all due respect to our guys, but... Yeah, funny things happen in one-off games. Yeah. AFL, a bit going on in the AFL world. Well, we touched on it briefly about Stephen May and Jake Melksham. Um, so just one more question I got about Stephen May who, la- who, who caught one from Jake Melksham. Is he known to have that in him? In him? He's a bit of a loose unit, yeah, Stephen May? Yeah, he came down when Stephen May was uh, – he got the trade and, and moved from the Gold Coast to – to Melbourne, mm. he uh, he didn't he turned up in not the greatest shape, and he's yeah you know, he's he's an interesting dude. He's not a bad guy actually, Stephen May, but yeah, a bit of a loose unit. And he was out. He was he missed the the Saturday game against the Swans uh, through concussion protocols, and then was out on the tins on Sunday um, with his teammates. And I, I think general consensus would be, oh, Stephen May's having a few. Let's not try and stop him now because if. We tell him to stop. He's not going to stop anyway. We'll deal with it yeah. later on. And then it's uh, it's spiraled out of hand. I think it is, again, sensationalised and over-dramatised in the media. I think just, 
oh, there needs to be an investigation. Like, they got on the cans. They had, like, I've seen it before. Yeah. So up here we think, oh, rugby league, that everyone covers it really minutely and all the all the things that happen off the field. Times are, are by are, a trillion. Going, oh, in Melbourne. In it's Melbourne, ridiculous. Yeah. And the premiers and a team which have, uh, Simon Goodwin's had the accusation of being a loose unit and getting on the cans with his team pre-season. They ended up winning the comp. Mm. Now, this is the best team in the comp. Yeah. Who are going through a little bit of a lull? They lost well, two in a row. It comes off the back of losing two in a row, and they got a big game on Monday, the MND game, where they do the big freeze slide down there before they play Collingwood on the Queen's birthday yeah. traditional MCG yeah. fair. So, so this would have been look, they've had they played Saturday, they don't played on the Monday, which gives them the the eight day break. So as soon as the players see eight day break, that yeah, let's roll. They know what that means. <laughs> let's go. Because and that's the thing with making these rules. If you make these rules, yeah. Um, it it going oh you can only drink on eight day breaks as soon as they see one, <laughs> look out. Take it. So hey. yeah, it was a perfect storm in terms of a story from a journalist side of it. It looked like the perfect storm of all yeah. these combination of factors coming out in yeah. the week that we've so. Hey, just on crowds, yeah. are, they, are they really that bad in AFL? Like you got twenty one thousand for Richmond and Port on Thursday night. Uh, there was sixty thousand there last night. They had eighty thousand. There'll be not bad. Six, 60 plus. Habits have twisted a little bit thanks to the they, pandemic. Yeah, they have. Um, try and get through an airport. We'll talk about that later on. But, oh, um, is that coming up in year now? <laughs> Pardon me. But, yeah, look, I think uh, – and, again, you're talking perfect storm. The the North Melbourne Giants game on, on Sunday is your, is your perfect storm. Mm. Golf, we touched on it. But uh, the Saudi back tournament, Live Golf, teed off on Friday in London with fighter jets, black London taxis, a yeah. marching band. We don't have a marching band in a golf tournament for. Counterproductive. Uh, and they're, they're having this team event mixed in with an individual event. But the PGA Tour have said, if you can't play that, <laughs> you're not coming back to play us. What do you reckon the majors will do? Uh, you can't. They're opens. Yeah. Masters can do their own. Uh, US Open can't do anything. British Open can't do anything. RNA might try, but. Depends how far they want to take them, the players, in restriction of trades and all that sort of stuff. Masters rule unto themselves. Yep. So who knows what they'll come up with. Well, they got the law on the world golf rankings that if you're inside the top 60. Yeah. So, so these tournaments don't count to your world golf rankings. Yet. yet. They've applied to. They've applied to. Which they should because aren't they co-sanctioned with the Asian tour? But this is inter- No, they're on their own at the moment. There's no right. co-sanction at the moment, which is similar to your... Yeah, Wimbledon, uh, Wimbledon, 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 Wimbledon. W I M B L T O N E T O N T O N Wimbledon. Uh, what did you think about the uh, before we had a quick break? The the grid, the grid, like the the on the side of the live stuff. Looked like the Formula One. I'll tell you what. I'll give you my thoughts a bit later because we've got to go to a break. Gibbo's having a conniption over there. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Great to have you company for the second hour of the Mowers Club and uh, let us know your best sledges 0457 736 736 and uh, call on the open line 1300 01 1170. If you do call on 1300 01, just speak quietly because Adam's got a head. <laughs> I've got a headache. <laughs> I don't know why. I haven't had a headache in the last three weeks. Well, I'm back. And it's amazing coincidence. Do you want to play some trivia? Yeah, go. <laughs> the Australian quiz this morning. <laughs> the sporting quiz, the weekly sporting quiz. Still relevant. Yeah? Yep. 
What does it say? Question 12. Yeah. Which former Sydney Swan played for the Sydney Roosters in the NRL 9s in 2020? Well, played's a... It's like a See these two guys trying to tackle me here? Yeah. These two New Zealanders. Yeah. What happened a second later? No, I got a penalty. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, and then got subbed. Yeah. And then we scored. Fucker. <laughs> it was a set-up play for me. Kingy took me off. Yes. Oh, well. Good. Otherwise, we would never heard of the end oh, of it. Oh, imagine if I had a score. <laughs> imagine. Scott Sattler joins us right now. Gee. Sats, how are you, mate? Isn't it funny you got a headache when you've given so many people a headache <laughs> for so many years while being on our, in our ears and in our eyes on the screen? Huh? In your eyes. That's a in thought, your isn't eyes. <laughs> That's in a your thought. eyes. Sats, gloat if you want, out of Wednesday night. Um, how has it been received up there? And, and are you surprised at the reaction of New South Wales? Firstly, I must say, as a proud New South Welshman, something I don't agree with about having a go at, ah, they held us down, blah, 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 blah. I didn't, it wasn't really noticeable on the night, so what's the point in complaining about it? But the reaction in terms of, oh, we've got to change. What do you make of it all? I remember, guys, I don't know when you remember, back in 2019, Queensland won Origin 1 and then went to Perth and got lapped by, I think, 40 or 50 and Freddie made six changes. Now, I, I don't think, I don't think usually New South Wales have got a lot of players at their disposal, but I, in in some of the key positions, I don't think New South Wales um, have the royalties in relation to to this year. There's been players that are injured, you know, like your Pappenhausens and, and Latrell Mitchells and Tommy Trebojevic. So the the depth hasn't been there at state of origin level that New South Wales have had in the past. So I wouldn't make that many changes. To be, I think Freddie will make a couple of changes. I think he'll probably more look at how he started the side with his 13. Um, I don't buy into the, in, in all honesty, from purely a neutral point of view and a lover of rugby league, I don't buy into the held in, held down too long. Because quite frankly, you look at all the statistics and everything, but quite frankly, I've, I just believe the New South Wales forward pack got beaten up. They got beaten up by the Queensland forward pack, who were far more physical and and were willing just to, to turn up at the right moments to, to make the really big plays defensively. So... Um, and I think that's something that, that Freddie and Brandy and Danny Badiris and, and Co will address um, leading into game two. Basically, the forwards have got to stand up and, and win that middle battle. If they don't, well, everything else just falls, else falls around it. Now, I suppose in Queensland, it's obviously very well received. And um, I think Billy made a lot of Queenslanders sort of believe even more. You know, I, I loved going into camp, guys, when he said, I don't even want to use the underdog tag because whenever I took the field, I never thought I was lesser than any other player. So... Um, going to game one, I think we're a lot more confident. Uh, I thought he picked a really good side. And um, for the New South Wales, now, the big question, I think, is do you pick Latrell with no games under his belt after being out with a hamstring injury? That's probably going to be one of the biggest talking points in the next 10 days. Yes, I agree with that. And I agree with both of those points in regards to I said earlier on the show, I just thought the build-up from New South Wales, it just didn't seem to be an edge to it. I think now uh, the, the coaching staff can out, can find the edge given the, the what happened in that first game through the middle. Um, and, and Latrell Mitchell, I, I don't think he can. I, I, I think you need to you know, go, okay, we'll pick this side. I don't think the centres, if Katoni Staggs um, can get back from, I'm not sure how bad that injury is, but... I, 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 it was more of a mindset thing. I think you're absolutely right there, mate. Yeah, I, I think with Latrell, yeah, there's generational players that you can throw in you know, without any games under their belt. Um, you know, guys like 
GI in his day. And I remember Munster came back. I think he hadn't played for four or five weeks last year. Came into game one was, and you could tell he was underdone. Um, so I think you know Freddie would be really apprehensive about bringing Latrell in, or do you pick Latrell on the bench and just let the game play out really early and and maybe throw him on after 25 minutes when a lot of the gas has been taken out of the game, the game starts to open up a little bit. I mean, I still think you've got to have him in the side there somewhere. Um, but uh, in, in saying that, I, I feel as though that going to Perth doesn't really, even though Queensland are 1-0 up, I don't think going to Perth actually falls in favour of Queensland because they going to neutral territory, and it proved in 2019, going to neutral territory, I think it's, I think it's, it starts on an even playing field again because it's it's unknown. It's unknown. Well, it's uncharted waters, really, Perth. Last night, Sats, North Queensland continue mm. to impress. Now, we're halfway through the competition and ordinarily a, a team, if, if this was a Sydney team that has improved this much, they'd be getting all, there'd be a lot more noise about them in general in the NRL, in my opinion. I don't know what you reckon about that, but they seem to be week by week kind of unveiling themselves as a real deal type team? Well, when they made the grand final in 2005, it was the same. They just flew under the radar. That year, was it was only ever going to be Parramatta and the Dragons playing in the grand final. And all of a sudden, it's the West Tigers and the, and the Cowboys. And they just flew under the radar and they're still doing it now. I think I think a lot of people are expecting it. And you know, I've eaten on humble pie this, this year because I was one of many people who thought they'd finish near the bottom of the table. And that was not based on... Todd Payton's coaching because I know how good of a coach he is. I just thought it was with the the youth and the the young forwards I had that hadn't had any NRL experience. I just thought they might spend half the season getting them ready for the NRL. But a testament to his coaching, they've been I think the form team of the competition over the last um, few weeks. And in saying that, um, you are right. I think if they were in Sydney, they would be being touted as premiership you know, favourites or up there talking with Melbourne and and the Panthers, but. Everyone thinks expecting them to fall over. I think everyone's just thinking, oh, this is just a flash in the pan, the start of the season. They're not going to be able to continue with it. They've got too many young players. You know, the grind of the NRL is going to get to them towards the end of the season. When you win like they're winning, and sometimes winning pretty ugly sometimes, it means you're in a good position. And also, guys, you've got to look at their, their forward pack last night. They had, they had three players that could potentially have been included in that, that Queensland 22 didn't go into origin camp and is still playing for their club. You know, guys like Tommy Gilvin and Heelam Lukey and Cohen Hester, form that he's played, he could probably be picked in a squad as well. And to have those players at your disposal without going to origin camp means your, your club's in a pretty good position. Uh, yeah, when they, I think yeah, they won five of their last six. They lost to the Panthers 22-0. And I thought they learned more out of that, that game than they probably have out of a lot of their wins. They, they went through an eight or ten-year period where they just whisked all this pressure from Penrith and they were able to push them back on time and time again. And finally, they, they were able to score penalties. But I think defensively, and they had a few players out, if they get their full complement of players come finals time, I think they go toe-to-toe with Melbourne and, and Penrith on any given day if they're both teams with their full complement, just purely from a defensive uh, perspective for the Cowboys. Sats, we move to the bottom end of, of Queensland, the the Cow, uh, sorry, the Titans. Uh, you'll be calling this game at 2 o'clock on SEN League. Uh, AJ Brimson out. That's a big loss. So, you've, so you're just updating me. Is he out? Is he? So he was put to fullback. He was known to fullback, but there there was speculation about whether he was going to be out or not. Yeah, he's um, got the uh, spicy cough. He's got the spicy cough. Uh, well, there you go. So I thought, although the Titans would have been a chance of winning today with AJ fullback, and 
young Paul Turner, who's come from the Warriors, playing at 5'8". He's a good player, Paul Turner. So I thought they were a chance of maybe knocking over the Buddies, but without AJ Brimson, it's, yeah, they'll be behind the eight ball, I think. Um, yeah, they've been, they've been probably one of the most disappointing teams this year, I think, for a lot of a lot of people. Um, Justin Holbrook's a very good coach. I know that from uh, first-hand, talking to players that, that have, he's been coached by in the UK and also here in, in Australia. He's a tremendous coach. Um, yeah, but the, the decision to let Jamal Fogarty go has really come back to bite them, I think. And um, Yeah, they, well, they've got Kieran Foran going there next year. I think it's going to be great. I know you're a manly man, um, Adam, and I know that Kieran Foran's going to be great for Toby Sexton. Maybe yeah. AJ Brimson moves in the centres and allows Jaden Campbell to go to fullback. So it's, it's a real Chad Townsend-like signing for the Gold Coast. He, he'll... Like he's the one that gives Manly a lot of structure, and it was apparent last week against the Warriors when we yeah. got out to that. Really, he like Cherry Evans plays off the cuff a fair bit defensively and with the ball in his hand, but Foran just plays direct, um, brings in the big guys on the edge so well. So yeah, massive loss for Manly and a really good signing if his body holds up. Don't know what the, mm-hmm. you know the physical is like for for Kieran. Just on on that on Origin as well, like Tino playing this afternoon and all the Origin players this this evening as well for Brisbane, Canberra, Roosters and Storm, the ones that do back up. When you were playing Origin Sats and then you had to back up on the weekend, there was a time there that you thought early in the game where you were on the backup, you thought, what am I doing out here? Everything hurts you know, way too quickly. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. A lot of people get asked that, but I don't think you can do it so much these days because sports science has taken over the game. It's all about you know recovery and, and how important it is. But I, I suppose, you know, when you talk to the guys that have played 15, I remember talking to Brent Tate quite a bit about it. And, and yeah, he played 23 Origins and played a really physical style of a game. And, and, and Gordy Tallis and those guys, and they he used to wear as a badge of honour used to play Wednesday and win, lose or draw, you're going back up for your team because, you know, you've got to think about the team first. And you wear it like a badge of honour to say, yeah, I can do it. good is it? You can mm. back up two or three days later and get through a full game and, and then get the rest after it. But today, I don't think, I think they, they take a little bit out of your hands now. It's all about the recovery. And so I'd be surprised if a lot of them back up. You know, you'd rather play the 24 hours after the mm. game than 48 hours. You know what it's like. 48 hours after anything you do, it's it's usually that's when you feel the most amount of soreness. So, yeah, big Tino who plays a physical match, he'll be he'll be hurting today. I've got no doubt. You know, Cameron Murray, if he, if he plays and after coming back from that shoulder and playing Origin, whether he plays, uh, he'll be he'll be hurting as well. Only you know, 24, 48, 72 hours later, it's yeah. But yeah, once upon a time they'd wear as a badge of honour, but these days, not so. I don't think you get the opportunity to. Mm. Anyway. We'll see who backs up. We will see who backs mm-hmm. up and never know if Tupo doesn't play and Teddy doesn't play. Nick Davis, suit <laughs> off and gets absolutely <laughs> monstered by Big Nelson. I what's, would pay so word, much money to watch that. What's the word about Tupo? What's the word about Tupo? Because I'm going to have an any-time try-scorer today. On oh, <laughs> uh, Nick Davis, you'll save us. Can you give us an inside running there? Or? I'll, I'll jump in there and say that if, if Nick answers that question and Trent Robinson is listening... Nick not only loses his job, <laughs> he might lose his life. So yeah, good save. you might good need save. to uh, just wait until the team list come out. There's that. Sorry, mate. Um, Nick's going to text you later. Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. Have a good call to Savo. And, um, yeah, go well. Speak soon. Yeah, anytime. Good to see you. Scott Sattler joining us. And after the break, we're going to head to the NBA Finals. We're going to go to Boston. Phil Murphy from ESPN is going to join us to talk about Game 4, which is just minutes away. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis.
Turn the mic on. That's the first one for the morning. Welcome back. Text line 0457 736 736 and uh, the open line 1300 01 1170 on the Mowers Club. NBA Finals, Game 4, not far away in Boston. No doubt a rather rowdy mob gathering. Oh, that'd be rowdy. Boston's home court. They're taking on Golden State Warriors in Game 4. And uh, the man there over there for ESPN, we'll see him here with his regular updates throughout the, uh, the coverage. And... Uh, Geez, he's got a good gig. Okay. Phil Murphy joins us again from ESPN. Phil, how are you, mate? I'm going well. Yeah, you are right. It is a, a rowdy crew here in Boston. They, they are feeling very confident heading into this game four and treating it with the urgency it deserves. If Boston win today, they're up 3-1 to one in this series and all-time in NBA Finals teams up 3-1 are 35-1 and one in ultimately winning that series. Hey, uh, Phil, how do the the Bostonites, if that's what they're called, uh, prepare for a game like this. I know in NFL that there's the, the big tailgate parties and, and baseball, you've got a bit longer to enjoy things. How, how do the, the, the Celtics crew kind of pump themselves up for this? Are the bars around their home court like full or do they have things in the car park? What, what happens yes. in order to get everyone in the mood? <laughs> so nothing in the car park because uh, TD Garden shares a, a parking garage with a train station, but Bostonians, I think that's the demonym, Bostonians, they come through and along the street called Causeway, which runs east to west out in front of TD Garden, it is lined with bars and pizza shops and things. And there they have queues out the door from four hours before tip-off. So those who are inside are probably getting a little bit more uh, bang for the buck on the beverages uh, prior to coming to the arena. And they, they go and they, they enjoy some, some uh, you know food and drink there before coming in. Or many people just post up there and watch the game for the duration. So it is an industry in and around Boston. And it's, uh, you know, given its history, it's no surprise. It's one of the best fan bases in the sport. And this fan base, all things considered, is somewhat starved for an NBA championship. You're here on the court and there's an intimidating number of banners overhead. The fact that they've had to wait, you know, what, 14 years since they've won one, being this close, this generation feels, okay, maybe this is the start of our dynasty and uh, they're beginning to witness something special. So it is it is packed here in TD Garden, obviously, and any place that serves food or drink in, a, in any measure of walkable distance <laughs> from here is uh, also pretty much saturated with people in, in green and white shirts. Phil, you mentioned it's an important game. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, uh, he injured that left foot. Uh, in game three, uh, you'd like to think that the, the Boston Celtics are going to make him defend early uh, in this game tonight. That's exactly, I think, the approach they're going to take. And you're right in that it is an injury. Steph didn't seem worried about it. He did injure that same foot and missed 12 games late on in the regular season. But he insists this is not nearly as serious, although it's a bit of misfortune for Golden State in that between games three and four is the only break in this entire series in which it's not a full two days off. You know, it's Friday night locally here in Boston. They played 48 hours ago. Every other break between games is a full 72 hours for players to rest, recover, rehydrate. Uh, Steph was saying he's dunking his foot in an ice bath. So it better be as good as he says, because I reckon Ime Odoka is going to attack Steph early defensively. Steph was terrific through two games defensively in the series, and then Boston was able to find some gaps driving directly at him in game three. I think that's going to be tested early, and I think that is the most critical subplot Aside from the Warriors just incendiary third quarter that has just become habitual, aside from that, it is how does Steph defend those direct drives early? 
that is going to dictate how Boston moves the ball offensively. Another important player, and we're, uh, we've got ESPN on now in the studio, is uh, Draymond Green. He is the spiritual leader of the Warriors. He needs to bring his physicality, but on the court, he probably just needs to produce a little bit more as well. Yeah, he's been, uh, it's hard to say anything other than a liability, and he used a four-letter word to describe his play that I'll spare your listeners, but I'll give you the stats. Uh, 15 fouls and 15 points through three games. That is, that is not good. He's the first player since 1976 in a final series to have 15 or more fouls and 15 or fewer points through three games. And they are the list of guys who predated him are nondescript players, certainly not the caliber of player as is Draymond Green. And there have been times, it's not going to, you know, it wouldn't trip anybody during the regular season if Draymond had a stat line of, you know, four points, 12 rebounds, a couple steals, a couple blocks, and he were doing everything on the defensive end. But whilst being an, an offensive liability, he's also allowing a lot of points per touch from the guys he's guarding. He's allowing a, the highest field goal percentage he's ever allowed in a full series for Steve Kerr. Now, this is not a full series yet. There is some time to play, but if I'm the Celtics, I'm feeling pretty confident with the level of productivity that a number of players have had going against Draymond Green. Superstars in the NBA, when you use that word, you think of LeBron James, you think of Steph Curry, you think of Kevin Durant, because of what they've achieved both uh, individually and what they've given their team and then leading to championships. A guy like Jason Tatum, you watch him and you go, man, he can play. So does his reputation match his ability at the moment? And will this be, will these finals, as a follow-up to that, Phil, these finals kind of a defining moment in that regard for a, a player like Jason Tatum? It is, especially if he wins and especially if he gets a finals MVP. And as long as we've been watching him, he still is 24 years old. I believe he, he just turned 24 in March, perhaps maybe just turned 25. But he's, he's very early in his NBA career. And even though he's, he's been doing nothing in the mid-range, he's one for 11 on shots in that kind of two to four meter area where he is, he is keen to exploit. And it is, it is kind of a throwback style. He is such a high IQ player that he is still able to get other guys involved and still have the threat of sinking a shot. Celtics players are 16 of 25 when he hits them with a pass from the three-point line. So they're 16 of 25 shooting on three-pointers, 64% off a direct Jason Tatum pass. That is terrific efficiency, and that's not luck. That's him finding the right guy to shoot in the right moment, hitting them in rhythm, and getting big shots. And that's something that the greats you mentioned, the Kobe Bryant, the LeBron Jameses, the Michael Jordans, the Steph Currys, are able to do is that they make those around them greater. And Jason Tatum has that ability, even though his shot's not falling at a high rate. If it does, which it could fall today, he could catch fire any time. The guy you know, is averaging high 20s in scoring in the regular season. He's an all-NBA player. Then it's a whole other problem for Golden State because now it's another element, something else they have to stop, whereas his shot has been a little inconsistent. He's been beating teams off the pass. So it just shows a diversity of ways to get the win, get the result, and elevate those around you. That's kind of what superstar basketball is. And sometimes it's a very quiet domination where you're watching somebody and you're thinking, okay, well, pretty mediocre effort and then you look up and he's got 27 points nine assists eight rebounds and a win that's the LeBron James that's what he's made a career out of doing so uh, a lot to be decided in terms of where Jason Tatum is amongst the league's elite at this stage he played high level basketball in his youth days uh, in his university days at Duke and now man the lights don't get much brighter than here in the Boston Garden and he has elevated. They love him. When he comes out of the tunnel for pregame warm-ups, it is 
quite a pop. It's like uh, like a WWE Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out of the tunnel. They, they get very loud for him here in Boston. Phil, can you see the Golden State Warriors going potentially with a different mix on the court at different stages in this game? Look, they've primarily relied on their three-point shooting. Can you see them playing a little bit taller in this game? See, that's an interesting question because back in 2015, when Golden State was in their first finals under Steve Kerr, they were down 2-1 to the Cavaliers playing a road game in game four, an exact carbon copy of what's going on today, except they were going against LeBron James as well. And in that game, you know, coincidentally enough, because of you know, the country with whom I'm speaking, they pulled Andrew Bogut basically from the series. He played two and a half minutes in game four, didn't appear in games five or six, and that's when Andre Iguodala stepped up and was terrific. Steve Kerr was asked if he has a similar card up his sleeve here. and I mean, obviously he's not going to confess if, he, if he's going to make a categorical change, but reading between the lines, it, it doesn't seem like that's the plan for Golden State. Like, they're going to completely alter the minutes. It seems as though they're really going to focus on tightening things up interior defensive-wise, and perhaps maybe that's a few more minutes with some of their young guys with length and Jonathan Kaminga. But they need more out of Draymond Green, and they need the, the shooting at, that Clay Thompson had in Game 3 on this floor here in Boston. If they get those things, and they have a real recipe to win, and Steve Kerr insists that this series isn't that far from being 2-1 in Golden State's favor, Remember, they rallied and took the lead late in the third quarter of game three. Early fourth quarter, very close game. They commit four early turnovers. Boston stretches a lead to 10. And Boston just has a composure beyond its years. Very hard team to make up that 10-point margin against twice. Golden State did it once in the third quarter. They failed to in the fourth. That's what Steve Kerr is pointing to. Maybe it's a little bit of you know bait and switch, and he's trying to distract from potential lineup changes. I don't think so. I don't think he has that Igudala for Andrew Bogut swap that he had in 2015 up his sleeve. But again, if he does, we'll learn pretty early because this is the point at which in 2015 that he made the move. Phil Murphy from ESPN, really appreciate your time, mate. There's still uh, time for you to rush outside and get some pepperoni pizza and a beer or maybe some chowder up there in New England. and uh, They are serving lobster. Lobster at the media dining today in game four. The bar has been raised for going back to San Francisco. Well, Get yourself there. Go, Phil. Just go. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Phil Murphy from ESPN Lobster in the media room. Yeah. It's a bit better than the uh, three pies you devised <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, the swans. Oh, my God. I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, have you seen in the walls now they've, they've had this jet laundry system uh, where you can walk past and you can put the clothes in the wall? And it just disappears into the laundry. a large branch going into a wood chipper. That was you (laughs) with those two sausage rolls. Hey, just before we go to the break, we've got Kevin Sheedy on the way, AFL legend. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans is out of the Manly team tomorrow for the game against the West Tigers. He'll be right for origin. (laughs) That's the main thing. He's got a quad injury, Daly. So he is gone from the game tomorrow, early tomorrow afternoon out there at Campbelltown as the West Tigers and Brett Kamali take on Manly. Back in a moment on the Mowers Club with Kevin Sheedy. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro Mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. We have a legend in our midst. No, Nick, I'm not looking at you. No, this man is a legend. I'm looking at the uh, the call line. Now, he, he played for Richmond and played rather successfully, 250-plus games for Richmond in the team of the century, but then made his name as a coach with Essendon, and then he was kind of the, the 
the gospel spreader up here in Sydney in the Greater Westerns in the early yeah. days of GWS. And Kevin Sheedy joins us right now. Sheeds, how are you? Gentlemen, how are you? I'm good. You good? I'm good. good Nick. Thanks, coach. <laughs> I'm, Nick. Good. I'm good. Thanks, coach. I'm always. <laughs> I've had Bruzy on the show before. I'm very. I'm always very no, nervous when a, an ex coach of the international rules comes on, just in case they want to hang. I took you to Ireland. You had a lovely trip. You had. You met Dublin. You met uh, that wonderful uh, town out in the west of uh, Galway. Ireland. We're at Galway. Beautiful university city in Galway. And then we just had the roll out in front of 83 Irish fans and, and just get over the line and had a really good win. Belt the living Christ out of them, didn't we? Because <laughs> after the yeah. first game, we played by the rules. Oh, I've told this story, Kevin. We played by the rules. We were told, boys, listen, we, we won in 05 and Cheese was going, and they're like, boys, you just got to stop fighting just them. And, it down and we, a bit. So we went yeah. to Galway for the first test and we played by the rules and it was an aggregate over two tests. And I think we got beat by about three or four points. And the Irish media have come out and just hammered us, going, oh. And the players said, oh, we thought we, we, were, getting, we were going to get prepared for a more physical Australian side. And, uh, and we've gone, okay, righto. <laughs> bad mistake, big one, a bad mistake. She's just on that before we get on to more pertinent matters. Um, was Nick a, a doer in the physical sense, or is he more a watcher and he just went along with the rest in, in the end? Uh, no, no, he's a bit of both. No, he's okay. He... Uh... We sort of Geelong out one night, didn't he? A tap in a ruck in a forward pocket, I think. So I think he won the game off his own boot in the last minute, if I may remember rightly. Yeah. No, he's uh, barely mentioned that since. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he should because that, that's just uh, changed the history. And, uh, but no, look, he, he, um, he can pick his wars. Which is smart because that's exactly what I do. <laughs> smart move. Um, it, obviously, most topical is is last night and Essendon, who are going through. Uh, they're copping it down in Melbourne. Truth be told, um, for their their yeah, underperforming right. ways at the moment. But it was a big night of celebration for the club. They had the big walk from Federation Square, which, if you're not across what the Melbourne geography is, about a a couple of k walk to the MCG, and it was really well yep. done. And Got everyone behind the club. They got beaten by Carlton. It was wasn't a yeah. blowout by any stretch of the imagination. But what was your take on on the night of celebration for the Bombers? Well, look, uh, one thing was that we we won the last quarter four points to two points, which I was pretty happy with that. Even though we could we should have kicked uh, two goals two and probably could have been a, a two goals two loss to a team that's third on the AFL ladder. So I thought we improved last night and. I think that will get better. We'd love to, we'd love to think we're, we'll be better than where we are, which we probably could be, but that might only be, you know, on the ladder, say, 10th or 9th, if we actually played up to our, I think, talent. Um, but we're not. So you're going to have one of those years where you, you're going to get, you know, a bottom four um, position on the ladder, uh, which will give us some good picks in the draft eventually. And I think if we can really rustle up some wins late in the... Because these kids have only played six. I mean, our Ruckman's played 30 games, um, you know, Sam Draper. We've got kids out there that played five games, seven games, you know, six games. Very hard to carry that sort of lack of experience when you're playing a Carlton on the up or a Sydney up in Sydney, like they've dulled at us. But, look, I went to Sydney... Back in about 86 or 7, I got beaten by 25 goals. You know, so you're going you're gonna to get beaten sometimes badly, you know, and you don't know why the reason is, but we won the next week. And, you know, that happens. It's a, it's a mental thing. Sometimes the other team just come in here with a killer instinct that, that 
could smack you off the ballpark. Um, and of course, when I was coaching the Giants, that was going to happen every time because we ran out there with 15 players that hardly ever played a game nearly every week. So everybody's career at a time in their club is very different. And everybody has a football club of the AFL because they're a lot different in, in, in our role. We go, we, if you're successful in the AFL, you get penalised. You're the last pick in the draft. Mm. And, and then, you're the, the, then your next pick's 37 or 6 in the draft. So we just, you know, a lot of people that may not know AFL are listening is that we can't go out and pick our best team in the Sheffield Shield or we can't pick the best test team. We only get allowed into our club a selection possibly every 18th pick. Now, that's a lot different to a lot of other sports. Yeah. Geez, and we, yeah. as a club right now, that's where we're at. Yeah, I agree with that. And I want to take you back. Look, you've been involved at Essendon 150 years. Um, look, through the 80s and premierships, premierships in the 90s, premierships in the 2000s. If you had yeah. to rank one of those uh, teams, if, if they played to their all their best potential, which one of those sides would come out in, in a dry Ooh. series? Ooh. Is, oh, gee whiz. So name names, name 84-5 <laughs> side, got the three grand finals, one, two, against a dynamic club in Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge tick. And the 2000 team lost one game out of 24 games. Monster tick. That's the greatest winning season ever. But I think the Hawthorne back-to-back was probably the one that you nearly picked because um, it's about the opposition, you know. It's, it's like saying you got to play State of Origin and it's a State of Origin game. It's New South Wales, Queensland, and you're playing the best State of Origin team ever in Queensland's history and you get up and win. That is what I'm saying in this situation. So I'll probably go 84-5 back-to-back. Sheets, uh, with reference to your time at GWS, about a decade ago, things yeah. were starting to boil along up here. Um, a decade on, yeah. where do you reckon the club's position and ha- has it been able to do what those with the AFL administration hoped it would have done a decade ago as we sit here right now? Uh, I would say the history will tell us that uh, they've been to a grand final in seven years and runner-up. Uh, probably third, beaten by Kick in the Plymouth final. And both those teams that beat them, uh, like the Bulldogs, went on to win the Premiership. So I would think that they've done very, very well as a club, getting in there. Probably the best effort by a developed team, early doors, like Gold Coast Bears or whatever you want to call them, Brisbane Bears. What a stupid name that was. Brisbane on the Gold Coast, God almighty. Um, <laughs> no, we just make dumb stuff, you know, like... Yeah. It should have been Gold Coast. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so I would say that they exceeded it, been in the finals most years after the players got sort of 80 games up. And I think that they're knocking on the door, redeveloping the team again. So I would think I would give them a 7.5 out of 10 as a club in the first 10 years. I reckon it's a damn good effort. Sheeds, just want to take you a minute. I mean, just remember, boys, you're you comparing you with maybe up mentally Sydney Swans who have been there 40 years mm. and went up there with a the team. So it's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And, yeah, look, there was some – it was interesting. And then when the Giants came on board, it, it, being someone from Sydney and seeing what they've been able to do, it's been outstanding. But some of the other things, Sheeds, that you've been able to do in your time in, in the AFL – and. 
I, I think everyone lords the Indigenous round, but I believe that you and your club were the, the pioneers in, in regards to that with Michael Long and the Indigenous players that have come through Essendon. Is that something that you absolutely hold dear? I think uh, Dreamtime and Andec Day are two classic games that the club uh, got on the table. Uh, the AFL kicked it off, thank God. Uh, the reason we actually, um, the reason we obviously pick Richmond is that the colours of Richmond and Essendon are the Aboriginal flag in Australia. And of course, the main reason that the Giants are orange is because uh, of a yellow sash of Richmond and a red sash of Essendon becomes orange. So I'll leave my DNA at West Sydney forever. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I love it. Another thing with your you DNA. Put yellow on a, you put a yellow on a red sash, you get orange. Whatever you do, don't tell AFL. They got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the sunset in the west of Sydney on a beautiful August evening. Sheets. I had to. I had to say that. I <laughs> no, was on the Blue Mountains, the deep, dark grey and orange, okay. sitting on the Blue Mountains at you know five thirty, six thirty. That's a real good colour, but really. It's just a yellow sash on a red sash, and I thought that was a good reason. <laughs> very good, very good, Sheets. Uh, and, and another thing that you're very famous for was, and I was a West Coast Eagles supporter as, as a young fella, was uh, the rivalry between Essendon and West Coast through the mid-90s and the jacket wave. Yeah, well, that was just being silly, getting excited. You don't get too many excitements in AFL. I lost 241 goats games as coach of Essendon, which means I drove home 11 years losing. So if I wear my jacket once, don't get uptight about it. <laughs> that was great. Do you think that in that sense, there should be more more emotion? Like we, I want to see got... horse get out there. <laughs> yeah. Swanee's going to win next week. Can't see horse getting the jacket off and waving it around his head. <laughs> Can but, you cheat? Um... Oh, look, no. No, he's a very placid person, horse, but he hasn't won a premiership in 10 years. He better get his act together. <laughs> Who lost that. He was the luckiest guy for a three-year minute. Who wins uh, this season? Hoss. He's won a premiership in his last year as a player and a premiership as coach in his second year as coach. That is probably one of the most exciting, incredible moments for a young man's career when you look back and uh, Longmire, Johnny, yeah. Not bad. Last one, Sheets. Uh, who wins the flag this season? Melbourne That's going good, through a my lot. Coffee, my, my coffee's getting cold. Oh, okay, <laughs> quick. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it real quick. Who wins this season? Do Melbourne reignite themselves after a couple of uh, couple of rough I'm weeks? Bag, or? I'm bagging I'm bag for Richmond versus Fremantle. Fremantle have never won a premiership, and uh, I reckon the club deserves it. And I think Richmond, well, if Richmond are in the finals, and this is not. Uh, although the last time was I beat the Giants, so um, I, I couldn't lose that grand final. Listen versus the Giants. No, it was brilliant. But uh, I, I'd like to see Fremantle win one. So, uh, yeah, get get some monkey off their back, you know. Kevin Sheedy, we'll let you go and enjoy your piccolo. Enjoy really appreciate your time this morning, and um, thanks for the chat on the Mowers Club. Thank you. Good to hear your voices, boys, up in Sydney, and um, stay out of trouble. No, I try, Kev. I try. Yeah. I don't have a life, but Nick does. And, uh, yeah, he, he tries his best. Kevin Sheedy joining us on the Mowers Club. We're off to a quick break. Back in a moment with the NR. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro Mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. It's time for... Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Righto. 
you bowl, the, you bowl the first over. <laughs> <You've>... <laughs> and then I'll hold down an end. So you're down at Fine Lake. <laughs> you can bowl warming the first, up. You can bowl the first over and then I'll just... I'll bowl the four, first over. You bowl the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh, eighth. Um, off the long run, I might say, because you've got a few saved yeah, up few, after a couple of weeks few. off, Nick Davis. So these are the and things, yeah, now, nah, if you're not across this segment on the Mowers Club, don't forget the text line 0457 736 736. Maybe you can chime in with the yeah, nah, as well, something you've noticed this week. You thought, you know what? That really annoys me. Well, this is not right. It shouldn't be that way. So on the phone, made a accidental transaction, got the last two numbers of the uh, account I was paying into wrong. Through the week, so I was going to say the it's not eleven yet. But go on, ring, <laughs> ring up the bank. Ah, uh, can you help us out here? Yeah, no worries. It was a thirty-second call. I was on the phone yeah. for thirty seconds. Yeah. Five minutes later, you get this. Can you fill out this survey? Yeah. How was your call? Everyone needs gratification about. Did yeah, I meet your expectations better. or? How long did it take this? to get the coin back? <laughs> The coin. the coin. Oh, straight away. Yeah, yeah. No, that, was right, that was sweet. That was sweet. Yeah. Um, but everyone, like, okay, give us your feedback. Everyone wants feedback straight away. So it's it was like, yeah, so it was hopeless. It was a 30-second call. So it was hopeless. It was okay. Get on with you. Like, every time you hang up from a WhatsApp call now, was it five stars? Was it three stars? Was it one star? The quality of the call. Job justification. Come on, just get on with life. Yeah, no. Nah. No, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Righto. Second over. Righto. Nick Davis from the nursery. <laughs> Coming end. in. Um, not enough rabsing. What do when, you mean? When Bruce quit, there was bruising everywhere. Yeah. It was not, Gibbo, was there not an, enough rabsing this week? Some people with photos with rabs. Yeah. yeah. Not enough. I think because he was kind of a behind the scenes guy, he wasn't sort of and one sort of to the, uh, chase okay. headlines, be out there signing babies and kissing cheeks. But, you know, like... I've saw a lot of people. I saw a few Brett Kamalying following oh. uh, Noddy's Noddying, Noddying, a bit of nodding. Oh, there's a, there's one pers- person in particular on who works at this station who Bruce. Come on, Bruce, very well. Pop sings, name names. <laughs> uh, he presents the trading news five till six Monday to Friday. Dan, Dan P. Okay. He, um, he did one of the best bruises. It was like, oh, I worked with him last year. Oh, I'm so excited for him. But was it a photo with him? No, it was just, it was a, just oh, a message. Is, cash for comment. Message is okay. Oh, the photo is yeah. the, oh, wish him well. Or, uh, anyway. Okay, and I've got heaps to get through. So <laughs> yeah, right. for, for everyone that didn't get around Rabs. Yeah, nah. Okay, airports at the moment. I've been going through airports. Just, just hit it straight away. Just hit it. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. No, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Everyone's been sitting around with their <laughs> sitting on their hands for the last three years. Right, airports get your game, so you've got a yeah, no. Nah. This is an old one from a few weeks ago. In the Indigenous round when they were doing the Welcome for Country, there were, the refs were spotted in the background linking arms. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> They're together. Come on, <laughs> Come guys. Come on. They don't even They're need, a team. They don't even need to be out there. Let the players go out there, and they can stand side by side. And then when the game's about to start, okay, refs, you can come out. But they're trying to no. work as a team. Okay. Right uh, Calm down. The sub rule in the AFL. And Carlton lost a player last night with a tight hamstring, and they were able to sub a player on. No, that is the fault of the fitness conditioning staff. Head knock? Yes. Concussion sub? Absolutely. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. Normal injury? That is a fault of conditioning staff. No good. Mm. Here are my big ones. Mm. The big three. Oh, the Actually, big I got four. 
People that throw away food past the use-by date, it's just a recommendation. Don't throw away. Like, test the boundaries. I'd, yeah, no. Nah. I'd, I'd say yes, apart from dairy products. Okay. Milk, milk and, and chicken. Chicken, actually, yeah, okay, two caveats. Milk and chicken. Anything mm. else, play on. Have a go on life. Have a crack at it. Mm. Okay, so there's one. People having a crack at the guys leaving for the live golf tour because of money. Yeah, <laughs> Anyone else is going, oh, I can't believe they're going for it. If you got paid 20 between 20 and 100 times more to do another to do the to do less of the same job Bryson's copped 100 mil overnight. 100 million you would go too so shut your mouth <laughs> hit it yeah no nah, nah, that, was, nah, that nah. wasn't a yeah no nah, it was a duh, duh. here's another one people whinging about the origin start time grow up it's eight o'clock at night Jeez, a bit to get off his chest he is a psychology kid grow up yeah, yeah. no yeah, nah, and people i've heard that you are soon going to be able to take about airports, pets on the plane. Seriously. <laughs> Not snakes, pets on the plane. So if you're allowed to take a pet on a plane, it's a massive. Yeah, no. No, yeah, no, yeah, no. There you go. Nick Davis needs a lie down after all yes. of that. He got a bit off his yeah, chest. We'll see you in another three weeks for your next year, Nas. But we're <laughs> off to a quick break. And uh, on the other side, Tristan Mellahan. Lord Sir Tristan Mellahan will join us and plenty more on the way on the last hour of the Mowers Club. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro mower and heaps more. Welcome to the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. Yeah, great to have you company for the last hour before Nick runs off and becomes super, super coach. coach. Super coach. The Lord's hour, the hour of the Lord. By the way, we're, yep. we're close to, and we'll have Lord Sir Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au shortly. Are you going to walk up the hill, come and support me? Uh, how about no? <laughs> Are you going to run to the game? <laughs> no, it's uphill the whole way. <laughs> What's wrong with you? No, I need to be able to speak to the team when I, get, I can't be. did that at training the other night. Mm. I joined in at training because it was cold. Mm. I was in the Oval for Monday, Wednesday night training, so I thought, oh, I might just join in here. So I joined in training, got a little bit carried away. Just trotting around for 10, 15 minutes. And, oh, girls, come in. It took me like six or seven minutes. Right. So, next time we want to move the ball out. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think my way through it. I found it quite amusing. A uh, run-out song. Yep. Did you have a run-out song for the, the – the, 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 Yeah. Do they listen to a team? It's different, right. So, obviously, New South Wales Blues, you saw they uh, – Maybe they need to maybe not walk as far. Speaking of walking to the game, maybe that's why they were tired because they had to walk so far through the tunnel to get to the game. That was like a, uh, what was her name? Um, Jane Savile walking uh, <laughs> the Olympic 50K I walk. I was expecting to see the people with the paddles, you know, in the Olympics where they came yes. in. And whoever it was in the 2000, she's got all the way through and they go, oh, you've only got one lap at the Olympic Stadium. We go, Urgh. I think they've overthought that one. Paddle. Oh, let's f- warm up on the field. And what about half time? You're like, oh, bugger, I've left something in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, do they have a walkout song? That, like, in, hey, in lieu right. of uh, the New South Wales team. There it is. There it is. Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman. Not bad. Well trotted out, Enter Sandman. Yeah. Around the pool. Pumps you up. You know, if you're out there, you're feeling the vibe, you've had a couple of. Mm-hmm. Bourbon and cokes and get into it. Yeah. So, do you reckon it would put the fear in the god when the girls run out to gimme 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 from? Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's their song. Wow. 
That's the last song that the girls want to listen to before they uh, before they run out onto North Sydney Oval. Not quite Ended Sandman, is it? <laughs> it's a little bit different, isn't it? But See, m- you, you find yourself like, humming along to it a little bit. Trust me. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about for your deep thinkers, say, like a indie folk band, like a bit of Alt-J as you run out to Enya. Origin? Enya. <laughs> Enya. <laughs> Orinoco. <laughs> it needs to have an aggressive tone, doesn't it? The, the uh, pump up, the run out song. Yeah. I don't know if it does. Well, Eagle Rock at Manly, at Brookie, that's that's pretty special. You get a little bit of a buzz as a Manly fan when that that's plays. That's not aggressive. It's not aggressive. It just, I don't know, it just ties in beautifully. That's it's, what it's it needs to do. Tie in so beautifully. So Sandman, yeah, aggressive. So give me, give me. Give me, give, me a, give me a man after midnight. That's the girls trot out to that. And well, they do it well. They get into it. The first part of that. Describes the coach. Gimme, gimme, gimme. You're all about, you know. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. No, Did notice uh, something on Instagram yesterday. Oh, so, I managed to tag in Drum and Golf Penrith, of course. Yeah. How good before you're about to trot out and <laughs> play the GWS Giants today for our girls. It's different. I'll give them that. It hey, gets if them it, excited. If it gets them going. It gets them going. What about you? I said I'd listen to a bit of Alt now. <laughs> oh, what would I listen to? I'd, I'd probably go down the uh, electronica path. A bit of Daft Punk, Alive, two thousand and seven. Yeah, okay. The live one. Yeah, yeah. That'll test your Gibbo. <laughs> <laughs> I love DJ. I love Gib- when we go down the music track for Gibbo. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, that keyboard well, we're doing songs. coming off it. But they, one of these segments is this it? Yeah. Jeez, you're on. It's pretty good. It's an amazing set. You're on today. The yeah. old Frenchies with the yeah. racing helmets on, just getting the crowd going. Yeah, right. Love it. Do you right. want to know a conspiracy about Daft Punk, Adam? It's two people who have been exhumed and they're not really people anymore. I don't know what. No, not two people. There's a group of 25 of them. Ah, okay. And so because they wear the helmets they in all their turns. live show, they just take turns. So it's like you spin the wheel like we've been doing all morning. Yes, and love, then you, love okay. the wheel. Uh, yep, all right, Johnny, mate, you're going to Madrid. Barry, I know you don't want to go there, but yeah. again, you're going to France. Yep. At home. At home, yeah. Just looking after the family, don't have to go anywhere. That's, oh, a, that's really? a good plan. So you can so. be all over the world and be in Daft Punk and collecting <laughs> checks. You put your NAs in at the start of the month. Okay, yep. Not I'm going to coach the girls' team this week, so I'm going to the next three weeks. <laughs> <Nick's>. <laughs> Why is Nick wearing a racing car helmet to his training sessions? <laughs> it looks like he's about to take off in the Tour de France time trial. Hey, let's get to uh, our man from topsport.com.au. G'day, Tristan. How are things this morning? You've had the uh, the Kenny Rogers music already blaring out of the speakers out there. Another early start up there in Brisbane today. Uh, good day of racing. Yeah, g'day, boys. Yeah, early start. Already had Kenny out and about. So the first race is done and dusted at Randwick. And, uh, yeah, it uh, should be a good day of racing. Good day at... Uh, uh, up here, very fine day. We've got a good four at Brisbane, which is uh, good to see. Let's get into the the racing up there. Uh, Tristan Stradbroke Day, uh, talk us through the field there. And uh, who's the favourite? Yeah, very wide open field. 11-11 being 8.50 into 6.50. It is the favourite, but they've come for some wide runners. Law of Indices, $20 into 9.50. Uh, one of the best backed. I think Isotope down the bottom, 14 into 10, might be an each-way play. Willie Pike in the saddle. Uh, looks like it's uh, been primed for this race, but looks a really good race. Wouldn't surprise if any of about ten horses won that race. Uh, the other, actually, when you talk about eleven eleven, that's normally a time where I'll be uh, expecting a text message from you at some stage uh, over the weekend. PM about eleven eleven. PM uh, about quarter past. 
Yeah. It's around quarter past. Quarter, what, quarter two. Quarter, quarter two, two quarter two, quarter past. We, you're going to behave this weekend. Uh, the JJ Atkins, another group one up there. Uh, it's, a, it's a good mile race for the two-year-olds. It is a very good mile race for the two-year-olds. Uh, it looks it looked a race in three at the start of the day with uh, political debate, sharp and smart, and she's a belter all around the sort of four to four fifty mark. But um, Brereton's been very heavily back, seventeen into six this morning. Jamie Carr in the saddle, obviously in very very good form. If if it can get across from the wide gate, I think uh, it's worth a sneaky little play. Uh, that's Brereton race seven number one. Dermot, big derm. Big Derm. Derminator. The Derminator. Uh, the staying race away for age, the group two out there, Hoita, uh, who was able to knock off Zaki in the uh, in the race up there a couple of weeks ago, maybe in last week. Uh, he'll probably start favourite. Yeah, we'll start favourite, but I think it's a bit of a risk in this race. I think uh, it's probably under the odds just on the back of that uh, big, big alarm on its back after beating Zaki, but it got all the favours in that race. And, I just think it maybe should be close to about the $5 mark. So I think that brings a lot of the other horses into play, uh, particularly the toppy, the chosen one, 15 into 10, um, as well as hopeful down the bottom. So nine into 7.50. So no, there's, uh, it, it looks a really, really good race in addition to the other big features too. Yeah, and, and a race that sort of, I don't know whether it's slipped under the radar. I remember viewed winning uh, the Brisbane Cup uh, a few years ago before going on to win the Melbourne Cup. But the Brisbane Cup, it's on the program as well. It is, it is, it is, uh, and it's a, it's a good good race too. So what do we got? The Brisbane Cup there. King of Lear, Lear Grants is twelve into ten. Irish Seacle, dangerous name. That's six into four dollars <laughs> sixty, and Sweet Thomas seven into four forty. So through Irish eyes as well. There we go, five into four forty. So there's there's been a bit of movement, but as you say, it it has slipped under the radar a little bit. The uh, the focus is definitely on the Strabroke today, but it is a it is a good lead up race, and it's just at that right time of the year, like we saw what Incentivise did last year. So. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's a really handy uh, handy lead-up race to monitor as we get closer to the spring. Uh, I'm going to have my 100 uh, today, Tristan, after the triumphant oh, wow. result of last week. <laughs> wow. It's quite incredible, really. Unbelievable. Well, uh, we, we smashed a window uh, in the office just to remember the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, race, uh, the, the Gunsin Classic, race four, number two. You changed. Flying crazy. I you did changed. change. I, I couldn't, be, I, I was looking at the Stradbroke and I, I like went cross-eyed looking at it in the end. It was too impossible to pick apart. So I've uh, I've gone the Gerald Ryan uh, runner in the Gunsin Classic. Please, Tristan. And was that using the same form line as last time? Because let's not forget, in case the listeners missed it last <laughs> week and what we're talking about, Jimmy the Bear, $8.50 was the uh, the best of the best for that horse. So we got uh, $750 in the kitty there for uh, for our charity can. It gets it up to 4000 bucks. So done very well, Adam, on a, on a hot streak. Mm, absolutely. It came yeah. off the text line, but um, I'm going to avoid <laughs> the text line today. The tip, I'm going to go it alone. And uh, I dare say that you won't be smashing any windows and apologies to the Ryan <laughs> Stable, as always. The apology off the back of my tip. Nick, you? Am I is, No. Am I going now? Well, if you want. I don't know. You tell me. Okay. Now, on the Saturday Morning Mowers Club, it's time for Nick's Stupid Multi. What are you, stupid? What's the matter with you? Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Are you crazy? Or just plain stupid. Are you stupid or something? Stupid is stupid does, sir. Yeah, the uh, the stupidness of this is in the uh, the secret of of this segment and the time of it. But mm. uh, I'm going to go with just before tip off. 
The Golden State Warriors to win the series 4-3. Oh. Wow. Right. Just to win the series at 4-3. Golden State Warriors, $4. So it is actually the third favourite option. Uh, obviously, Boston, they got that 3-1 lead just as this game's about to tip off, and it's 4-2 Boston to win the series at $3. Boston, 4-1, And then Golden State at $4. So well, if we, we need a result in this game to keep us going. We do. Does it need to be a multi? Go dubs. No. Hey, it's my show. It's called the stupid multi. It's my show. <laughs> no, it's not. It hasn't been for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, and look what happened. Yeah. Had a great show. Got a not call yet. from the boss yeah. last week. Say, great show, guys. Yeah, and guess what? And Noddy was here, and now he doesn't want to. He'd rather coach the Wet Tigers. <laughs> and that is saying a lot. It's an upgrade. Hang out with plank. you. <laughs> Right. Speaking you, of rugby league, where are you going to end up in your coaching speaking career of, after this? Speaking of rugby, hey, hey, hey. I am. Um, I, I coached in New South Wales, the team, a team to win last week. Job, no, uh, not my problem. Job of the Socceroos popping. Oh, actually, if you want. <laughs> I had the whistle in my mouth yesterday, boys. I was out there at netball uh, oh. coaching Robin, and uh, it was uh, she was up against girls three years older than her, and it was uh, yeah, very very daunting task, and they got beaten forty eight two. So it was a close game, but um, yeah, it wasn't quite the, the start of the coaching career that I would have hoped either. Lucky you took the forty six and a half start, <laughs> Tristan. <laughs> Any prize to win? Exactly right. The line shifted too. Speaking so. of uh, of teams that you support, the top sport tight. Titans, uh, they take on the Rabbitohs Flying at the moment, at the they are. Seabus Super Stadium. Oh, what price have we got for a streaker today at 3 o'clock? <laughs> well, I think the 46-2 scoreline could be uh, could be repeated out here at Seabus. They've got uh, no AJ Brimson. It's uh, down on troops today, and yes, it hasn't been the, uh, the greatest start or middle or probably end of the season for the Titans, but you never know. They're only one game away from... Getting a win. Uh three twenty five <laughs> the Titans. Dollar <laughs> thirty six the Rabbits and the Lions nine and a half. And yeah, under and over one and a half streak is today. I think the Saturday it's around about that same time as the Stradbroke. So um it, it could be a, it could be an interesting little crowd out there, I suggest. And uh, then we've got a good game yeah, at five thirty now. Very important to monitor the team list throughout the day if you're going to have a punt on this game because there's a lot of players backing up. It's $2.41, the Roosters, $1.59, the Storm, and a flat four. There's been a bit of money for the Chooks. Uh, 180 the plus, and $2 the minus. So, Someone in this room, Tristan, someone in this room is rather confident about the Roosters' chances this afternoon. He's not tipping them because he's not allowed to go down that path because he's employed by the Sydney Roosters. However... However, Tristan, um, he is as a swagger, not discounting their chances. Put it that way. Well, that's very good to know. So he's he's a very very good judge, and there's been a bit of money to support it as well. So I just think they, uh, if if Teddy can can bounce back and and bring his form from Origin back in, they've got to be a massive chance there at home. So yeah, two dollars forty one. Maybe punters jump on there and uh, see where we go because the the Storm are going to have a lot of players backing up, and then the last game. Between the Bronx mm. and the Raiders, a dollar fifty-six Brisbane, two dollars fifty the Raiders, and a flat line of four. I think the Ruffies are a chance for that game as well. The Raiders, I think two fifty might be a decent price there too. Geez, I hope that little half tip gets you in trouble with Robbo. What to do? You tipped us on radio. You think we're good? <laughs> Mate, yeah, we're... that slight last week did a, a, a thing on uh, uh, an interview for newspaper talking about oh how good of a catch Suwali is he dropped the first tip. <laughs> 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 it's like me with my tipping. Um Tristan with the uh the Socceroos in Peru. So yeah. what price you got him mm. to get through the Socceroos? Is a huge game. I know all three of us will be up early on Tuesday morning watching this one. 
Uh, $5.20. In the, these are the markets in 90 minutes. $5.20 the Socceroos, $1.72 Peru and $3.45 the draw. But the all-important to qualify to get into the World Cup market, Peru $1.42, the Socceroos $2.95. So huge game, absolutely massive massive game. We just snuck through there against the UAE, but um, at least we've had a game in those conditions. And yeah, Peru, hopefully we can catch them off guard, but it's a massive game, isn't it? Yeah, that's. I'd say that's about right, that market. Is that right? Yep, I think he's got that bang on. No, I don't reckon. I reckon he needs to put a couple more zeros <laughs> on the back of it. Somewhere around the millions. <laughs> there he is, the death rider of Australian football. There's a few of them no. infiltrated his mind. No, but I actually, Lord, I want to get quickly to the AFL because there's some big clashes and uh, <laughs> to get through. Provincial this. football championships Provin- of Australia. Yes. Yeah, what about <laughs> Uh, the Fremantle Dockers just going along beautifully in third place. They take on the 13th place, Hawthorne. Yeah, well, they look like they got the speed wobbles up about a fortnight ago when they dropped those two games on the trot, but they're back and they're $1.13 against Hawthorne, six twenty-five. the Hawks, 37 and a half. Nat Fife makes his return after uh, the, the crowd flooded the waffle <laughs> game there last weekend, so he'll be, uh, be looking to bounce back with a big performance. One thing, be monitoring this, because I really think a player in the Brownlow, uh, Brayshaw, for the uh, for the Dockers has had a really good season. It'll be interesting how he goes now with Nat Fife back in, because he can still poll well. I think he's just been flying under the radar in that poll. Yeah, and in the other games. I, not, I reckon there, so. Trist. I heard um, Justin Longmuir, the Fremantle coach, talk about it, and Nat Fife spoke about it uh, after his game at Peel Thunder, saying he doesn't expect to just walk back in and probably won't spend the the same amount of time in the midfield that he has, given how well they've been, and he'll probably play a little bit more forward. So um, you can have a little bit of confidence there that look, hopefully, that Brayshaw can stay in the midfield. Yeah, well, he, he is six dollars to win the Brownlow. The other one, I think, just touching on that, the Suns have been over overestimated and playing really well. They've won a lot of games. Trick Miller at twenty six dollars, I think, uh, might be a little bit of a play there for punters because I think the um, the Suns might win a few more games back into the year, and I think he's pretty dominant whenever they get the four points. So it's been a really interesting market. That one three fifty, Lockie Neal, Paddy Cripps four fifty, and Clayton Oliver five fifty. The other ones up the top. And then the last game of the day uh, is Brisbane against the Saints. $1.35 the Lions, $3.35 the Saints, and 20 and a half is the line. That should be a beauty up there at the Gabba. Last one. I just want an over-under for the crowd for North and the Giants. What do you, what do you set that at? <laughs> Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half thousand? People? <laughs> no, <What>? people. <laughs> How'd they get the half person in there? <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. No, do not. Do not go down that path. Avoid, walk away, do not touch it, and go in the other direction, Nick. Thank you. Uh, Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au. Thanks for joining us, mate, and have a great day. Speak to you quarter past, Lord. (laughs) Quarter past. Speak to you then, and have a good day, boys. Good to have the band back. And not only saying goodbye to Tristan there, we're going to say goodbye to Nick Davis, who's now got to get his coaching hat on. You're going to get changed, by the way. I'll get changed. like a hobo. I've got my... And then I've got to get changed into Rooster's gear, and then I've got to get changed into my disco kit. Boy, Corden's birthday tonight, so we're oh, look out. So I might, Lord and I might be conversing at eleven eleven in <laughs> yes. some sort of language. <laughs> Favorite for the strategy, <laughs> dribbling. Uh, thanks good luck. Having you on, thanks for having me on my own show. Appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. Nice of you to show up for your own show. <laughs> Thank you. I'll see you in another couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah, welcome back to the Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro. And uh, time now to head across the ditch and uh, speak to a Kiwi sport expert and uh, bring us up to date with the rugby, a bit of uh, cricket, and maybe a bit of football as well because the All Whites, as much as the Socceroos are trying to uh, qualify for a World Cup, so too the All Whites. Uh, joining us now from Spark Sport is Scotty Stevenson. 
Mate, morning. How are things over there? Well, it's raining cats and dogs, if I want to be completely honest with you, Adam. So uh, it's miserable, actually, and it has been for the last couple of weeks. The thunderstorms and biblical rain, so perfect footy weather, really. Oh, sounds like a beautiful place to be right now. Um, <laughs> later on the Savo, the Brumbinos from ACT, the Brumbies, taking yeah. on the Blues. Now, the Crusaders are already in the final. Are we looking at the, the traditional kind of super rugby setup here with the Blues and the Crusaders playing in another super rugby final? Can the Brumbies come up with an upset for the ages? Or maybe not ages, but an upset all the, all the same. Oh, look, I think it would be an upset for the ages. Maybe the first time an Australian team's won a playoff game for New Zealand. So, uh, look, the, the Blues have got to be red-hot favourites for sure. They've played great footy all season long. Their attack is superb. I, I think uh, the big improvement for the Blues has been in defence with Joe Schmidt hovering in the back office there, just uh, pulling the strings a little bit. So, uh, it's all ahead for the Brumbies. It's a huge task for them, but you have to give that side credit. Under McKellar, they are a different team than they were two years ago, three years ago. I just think they've got such a good balance in their lineup, and they've got confidence, and confidence is crucial. I thought the way they went, they went about dismembering the Hurricanes in that uh, quarterfinal just showed what they were really what they were really made of. And so they'll need to bring that plus to Eden Park. And as I said, conditions aren't going to be great here. It is going to be slippery. Uh, it's a beautiful track, obviously, at Eden Park, but but obviously conditions are going to change the nature of the game. And, and I, I think, I'd have to say that I reckon that plays into the Brumbies' hands, quite frankly. Looking at the Super Rugby uh, season as a whole, regardless of what happens this afternoon, from a Wallabies perspective, Scotty, mm. over there, do you see a bit of an improvement in Australian rugby, which may or may not translate to what goes on in the rugby championship with the men in gold? Yeah, look, I think if you're Dave Rennie, you're pretty happy with what you're seeing at the moment. And one thing that stands out for me is just across the board, just an improvement in skill execution. And that's been a real sticking point, I think, for Australian teams in recent seasons. But, you know, Rennie's been at the helm now for a couple of years. He knows the players he wants. He knows the type of player he wants. Uh, I think, you know, from all I hear, he gets on very well with the head coaches at, at provincial level through the Super Rugby teams. He's trying to put a, a master plan in place for how Australia wants to play the game, and I think he's ably supported in that by the likes of Brad Thorne and McKellar in particular. So, uh, yeah, I do. I think it bodes well. I think just having those wins, you know, even even though they weren't consistent in, in terms of victories against the New Zealand Sox, just teams picking up victories here and there shows that there is an improvement in the way Australia's playing the game and playing to their strengths. Australia's got a mobile game, but they've also got some real grunty forwards, and they're going to need all of that uh, during the rugby championship. So, look, I, I think there is improvement, and I've always been... You know, I don't I don't jump on the bandwagon here. There's a lot of people in New Zealand who like to put down Australian rugby. I'm not one of them. I think uh, having consistent contact with New Zealand teams again, as we've had over the last couple of years, can only improve the game full stop in this part of the world. And I think the Wallabies will be the beneficiaries of having a little bit of confidence going into the international season. Well, you're a rare one from that part of the world in regards to that kind of <laughs> mindset. Scotty, hey, uh, you're at Wallaroos training as well. You're, you're watching Australian rugby yeah. players right now. Yeah, we're just at the team uh, the team hotel. You know, rugby's put them up in a, in a great establishment in the middle of nowhere. So um, <laughs> the rivalry continues. But um, look, you know, the, I thought the Wallaroos played well in parts last week against the Black Ferns. Uh, they've never beaten the Ferns and they've got a chance against the USA to, to just show what they've learned from match day number one and it was terrible conditions in Tauranga. USA have made a lot of changes to their side. They had a lot of players out in premiership finals in England. Uh, it's a fully-fledged professional women's competition up there so the USA have been shipping players left, right and centre to the premiership clubs um, and you know, it's a 
4-1 record in USA's favour between these two teams. But the Wallaroos have got some outstanding talents, and I thought their back row, which has remained unchanged, Shannon Perry, uh, Grace Hamilton, Emily Chancellor in particular, were, were fantastic. And uh, uh, Bridie O'Gorman gets a start at Tighthead. She came off the bench last week, and she was absolutely fantastic. They've got players who can really perform now, and uh, look, they, they're a happy bunch as well, which is great. It sounds like they've got a good team spirit going on, but you know another tough ask for them against a team that's been a bit of a bogey for them over over the years. And Scotty, uh, our man Gibbo here in the studio, he's he's coming a bit dishevelled this morning, but for for pure reasons, not for reasons that you might think on a Friday evening. He he stayed up all night and watched <laughs> the, the Kiwis, the Black Caps, uh, do one on on England on day one. I think he's got a question for you right now, Gibbo. Uh, Daryl Mitchell, Scotty, he has been in tremendous touch. Is this a surprise to everyone over in New Zealand, him and Tommy Blundell at the Cray still for them? Yeah, oh, look, it's not a surprise, actually. Those of us who know Daryl understand his mindset. He's just a grafter, and, and you blokes would know his father, John Mitchell, former All Black, and uh, former coach as well. So um, he's got some pretty good sporting lineage, raised in Perth. So, you know, he would have had a baptism of fire on some uh, West Australian pitches for sure. He just He's a no-nonsense type of cricketer. He's got a, a really easy confidence about him. And I think that brings the best out in Tom Blundell, who's trying to find the way he wants to play the game. He admitted to us uh, before they left on tour that he had tried to be BJ Watling, to play like BJ Watling, and of course he's not. So he's finding his natural game. And, and I think having someone like Daz Mitchell at the other end just brings out the best in Blundell. Uh, just that lovely bottomy between the two. They obviously get on well. They understand each other's game. And and Daz just gives players around him a lot of confidence. He's a sunny guy. He's very chilled out. Uh, he takes no nonsense from bowlers. And, and I think that he, he's almost got a, a talismanic role to play within this side at the moment, especially in the absence of Kane Williamson. But it's another fantastic partnership between these two. And unlike Lords, what you'd like to see from the Kiwis on day two is that they really push on and, and make that first innings total one that England just don't believe they can get close to. You spoke about uh, Daryl Mitchell, mate. It sounds like he's an Australian, so that's probably why he's doing so well. But, <laughs> mate, just quickly, again, the Black Caps, Kane Williamson goes down the day of a test, and, and it looks like there's no yeah. distraction. They get on with the job, and Daryl Mitchell again does it. Mate, how does this team yeah. keep bouncing back from... No fuss. No fuss. Like, it must be, they must yeah. be the pride of New Zealand. Oh, mate, they're a huge team here now. And, and you know, it wasn't always the case... Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a case of uh, long-suffering Kiwi cricket fans for long periods of time. But this team has just found a formula. You, you know, you've got to give Brendan McCullum, who of course is now coaching England, a lot of credit for the way the team now plays the game, the way they approach the game, and the way they are as teammates. Uh, and of course, Mike Hesson, the former coach, was instrumental in that. Gary Stead is he's a very uh, laid-back type of character. Um, they don't get ahead of themselves. They don't get over-emotional about what they're trying to do. They go out there and they just try to play cricket to the best of their ability. And, you know, so they have become, uh, you know, I think a team that New Zealand really loves to watch, really loves to support. And, of course, you know, they're they're gentlemen off the pitch as well, and I think that helps. You know, they're just good character people. And it doesn't matter how long you follow professional sport. If you've got good character in your team, then you're likely to win more games than you lose. One on the uh, the football, mate. Um, So... We're hoping by next Thursday there's Australia and New Zealand going to the World Cup later this year. It probably won't won't happen, but if it's going to be one, um, if it's not going to be Australia, hopefully New Zealand do get through. You're you're playing Costa Rica. We're playing Peru. 
Um, and yeah. we've had our thoughts on that earlier in the show. But uh, Costa Rica and New Zealand, you, you're happy with that matchup? It's, it's, I suppose it's better than playing the Costa Ricans in the South American fifth best team. Well, yeah, look, I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't think the All Blacks will be too concerned about the matchup. I mean, they haven't had the greatest couple of warm-ups over there. But, um, you know, again, they've got some good balance to this side. I think, um, you know, a lot's going to rest on Ollie Sale and whether he can, you know, attempt goal as best he can, uh, play the game of his life, really. I think they're going to have some shots on. That's the way Costa Rica plays. So, defensively, the All Whites are going to have to be in a good mindset. But also, they've got to play with the ball and they've got to play with a bit of freedom. Uh, you know, it is a World Cup qualifier. It's the last chance. Both the, you know, the Australian side and the New Zealand side, I think, will approach this in the same way. You've got to attack as well as defend. So, you know, finding ways through the midfield, making sure that the strikers are getting enough ball to play with and getting shots on goal for New Zealand is going to be crucial. But again, I think the defence is going to be have to be really up to the task here because uh, Costa Rica will attack from everywhere as, as we know and suspect. Um, really appreciate your time, Scotty. Thank you. We'll leave it there. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the beautiful weather over there in New Zealand. Oh, she's a stunner. I might go get a tan, boys. Lovely to chat, eh? <laughs> get the chilli bun out. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. <laughs> Off, to a break on the, now, Off to a break on the Mowers Club. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, Nick Davis is presently now at North Sydney Oval. He, he shuffled his way up there. He wasn't going to run, was he, Gibbo? He was um, nil by running, N Davis. Joel Kane's in here. He's got crunch time coming up after midday. Joel Ellie, how are you? Well, I was going okay, Adam, until you rudely interrupted my work. Putting the quaddy on. <laughs> That's the prep for crunch time. Hey, I'm still not finished, by the way. I'm going I'm going to attack the uh, Brisbane quaddy. So uh, any clues out there, feel free to let us know. How are you, Gibbo? I'm good, thank you, Joe. I haven't seen you for no. a while. You've been, I, I've heard you, obviously. But yeah. how was your trip away? Joel was supposed to be doing the run home, but he was down in parks, father of the year. Oh. I know, Gibbo, because I was here instead of Joel. I was well, such a the, gamble. Some of the listeners might not know. Well, you looked at me as if to say you didn't know that. I was looking at the text line. <laughs> what about the Tyson Gamble? So uh, the young bloke had to play the semi-final, but mm-hmm. he plays at the same time on, on the tarmac, right? So if they lose a semi-final... I'm literally flying to Parks to drive five hours home. <laughs> so Kobe, Kobe's got the around the grounds, and I was, I was being the flog dad to these boys. I'm texting the scores, and as a dad, it's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah they couldn't give a rats. But anyway, uh, I was well, still... we were happy for you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Kobe says, six points to nil, we're le- leading. And I'm saying, yes, and I'm on the tarmac. Then mm-hmm. she goes, six all. Uh, down 12-6. I'm going, oh, no. And then we take off. Boys won 22-12. Ah, uh, didn't need you. So didn't need your knowledge. So there you go. And then uh, they got the win, which was good. Awesome. So that was the uh, the, the, the primary P- schools. Yeah, the PWSA state championships. Who? What's the shield? Who have they named the shield after? Surely oh, they've got a name oh, attached to it. Good question. I don't know. No. Surely, like all the fo- all the junior sporting comps, school wise, usually have the you know the Jeff Tuvey shield or the yeah. I, I have. I've learned something. Well, I've known this for a long time, and you would have seen this for sport. There was a lot of. Um, XNRL players up there, right? Because, mm. you know, you see the genes come through and, and, and those players watching their sons are quiet as a church mouse, just relaxed, just trusting their kid just to do what the kid wants to do, whether that's good, bad or ugly. They just sit there. But the ones in every junior rugby league, and your listeners will know this, the egg who carries on the most <laughs> at any junior rugby league game, I can guarantee you it is a bloke who really wanted to make it themselves but didn't. And 100 out of 100 times, they are the goose at the game. Yeah. It's not the, the ex-player relaxed, just sitting there, enjoying it. Same at, uh, same at the round ball code. Is that the same? A little bit, yeah. It, it can get a little bit more excitable. 
there with just general incoherent, run, run. So what do you think they're doing? Yeah. Setting a table? Of course yeah, they're yeah. running. <laughs> Freaking running after the ball. You, you yelling out run is not going to change the so, outcome of what you're seeing right yeah, now. Yeah, so without you yelling out run, they just stop. Yeah. But, but this is the thing, right? So um, you need noise at a game, right? So yeah. someone makes a break, you cheer and you get up and you do all that. Good on you, Tommy. You know, great run. Great yeah. tackle, Bobby, uh, Mary, great tackle. But it's what gets me is that the dad, it's more often a dad, Johnny, get in and have a run. Johnny, put on a hit. Yeah. Johnny, mate, just shut up. Yeah. Your boy, if he wants to have a run or girl, will have a run. If they don't, just pipe down because we don't need to hear your lunacy. No, and it's probably not helping Johnny's cause. No. But I've, I've, so, I, I've seen kids, and there's one kid in particular, poor bugger, his whole life has had the dad screaming at him the whole time. Oosh. And it's like, mate, come on. I I remember coaching a a team, a young under-13s team a couple of years ago, and I heard something, and the kid was playing on the left side. I heard something out of my right. I went, did I just hear that? And the dad was on the fence, and he basically told his kid, who went to go and take a throw-in right in front of him, Start getting stuck in. You're not performing or yeah. something like that. I just poked my head around a thing and said, would you shut up? Yeah. And he looked at me as if to say, oh, I didn't know that I got heard then type yeah. thing. So, yeah. yeah, there wasn't much. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. You, there's a famous photo in football of Leo Messi and Luis Suarez on the sideline watching their kids play. Wow. And it, it, I think the caption under it was simply just be – be, if you're a parent, be like these two. Exactly. The two greatest players yep. at the time at Barcelona. Exactly. Just chilling out, just letting their kid be the kid, letting the coach be the coach, and they're being the parent. 100%. And just you know, there to catch them if they need catching, I basically. love that. So that's actually, uh, for, they must be playing the same team or against each other, but the biggest embarrassing thing is grown people mm. bagging an 18-year-old, 17-year-old ref. And that's what, this is the, I mean, just grab a mirror and look at yourself. Well, you've yeah. seen it in the mm. AFL this year. They've brought in the descent rule. Yes. To try and because... They haven't junior, brought it in for the AFL at the top level, have they? referees because they're just getting so much crap. It's female referees too. You need them. You can't have a game without them. Absolutely. So I spoke to someone in Football New South Wales through the week and they said, yeah, we're, we're having a real issue at the moment. The descent is not as bad. It, it's not got worse because of the pandemic. But what has been a problem is a lot of your 16 to 20-year-old refs have gone and got jobs when there's been no football play. They've gone oh, flipping burgers and things right? like that. And they've gone, got to the end and say, oh, do you want a ref again? And they've thought about it and gone, you know what? Do I want to go and flip burgers for four hours, maybe meet a nice little other half or something yeah. like that while I'm working there, as you do <laughs> when you're working at Macca's, yeah. and just chill out and take my money and go and enjoy my life? Or do I want to go and ref and run around and be yelled at by idiots? Yeah. yeah it, it's pretty easy one. So it, they're struggling for ref numbers. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. that. I don't doubt that. And you see that with the touch tournaments, uh, no problem getting teams, but... Each team's got to be represented by a referee, and that, that's the real battle. Getting refs. Anyway, um, how about the Sugar Shield? Oh, <laughs> no. yeah. No, definitely not playing for the Sugar Shield. I know that much. Uh, I, I don't know what they're playing for here. In fact, hang on. We want to have an answer here. <laughs> oh, you got a uh, call. That's your quaddy numbers coming Gracie. through, aren't they? Proshenko's calling. He's hey, coming Grant, up. How are you, mate? <laughs> what we'll do, we'll take a short break yeah, on the, uh, the Mowers Club. We'll be back yes, in a mate. moment to wrap things up. Visit torromowersclub.com.au to win a Toro Mower and heaps more. This is the Saturday Morning Mowers Club on SEN with Adam Peacock and Nick Davis. What a man Joel Kane is. He's uh, foregoing the 
team meeting ahead of crunch time with Adrian Proshenko and James Magnuson, and he's in here gibbering to us. Yes. Uh, text line, Joel and uh, Gibbo. Tim from R- Riverwood on ref- on parents yelling. When yep. I was 12 playing soccer, another guy's dad kept yelling at me for not being able to pass to his son. I picked up the ball, handed it to the dad and go, you come on and do it. And oh, it good, good. Oh, oh yes. mate, it's raining idiots out there when it comes to <laughs> uh, kids' sport. Don't worry about that. Raining idiots. Uh, yeah, no, we had yeah, nah earlier. Something like, basically, that last segment yeah. was a whole yeah, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yelling at refs, that's a yeah, nah. That's a yeah, nah. Um, g'day, fellas. My yeah, nah. Council buses that go in turning lanes with all the cars and you miss the lights because of them. But they had the bus lane. Kev, cheers, great show. Thanks, Kev. Kev07. Um, Kevin Rudd listening to the show yeah. this morning. It's great to have his company as well. For once, he's, yeah. he's put down the guns, fired at uh, News Corp all the time, and Kev's listening to the show. No, in all seriousness, thanks for the text on 0457 736 736, Kev. But um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that because the buses do need the extra room to get around the corner, yeah. don't they? Absolutely. You don't overtake uh, turning vehicles, Adam. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you, yeah, nah, <laughs> and I mentioned this uh, during the week. So across the road from us, right, there's parking on the street, uh, parallel parking, right? Yeah. And is that parallel parking? Yes. Uh, That's When you're parallel to the curb, is that parallel parking? Yes. 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 So they have the stripes, of course, to identify the bays. Yeah. And this flog in a Mercedes, which doesn't make it better, uh, uh, was literally straddling one of the lines. So the line was literally right under the gut. And I almost got a note and wrote with this uh, and said, hey, hey, champ, um, I had to do a 140-point turn to get in here. Mm. Um, You must feel fairly self-important to be parking like this. But Mm. I didn't bother. Should I have? Um, Gibbo saying no. Not worth your time, Not worth your time. I would say... Big ghoulie would have fixed that right up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say if you'd been yes. first in said car park and he had parked there on top of you, yeah, then it's a free-for-all okay. but because he was there first or she was there first. Yeah. Maybe just – but it's it's not on. Like you yeah. don't need to straddle. Them. Well, it's just toss a villa. It's just saying, listen, I'm more important than you, you know. Yeah. I've got a big no-straddle policy. I like yeah. to – You're of, not a straddler. No, no way. No. Gibbo, you a straddler? Uh, yeah, it depends what time of day it is, but <laughs> – even on the northern beaches, it's always tricky parking. Like yeah. if you park anywhere near the beach, but I live on this lane, and my mate had, drives a Ute, big Ute, and then there's a little space for a for a car. And this lady who lived next door drove her small car into the back of my mate's car, oh. and so you can see they were kissing. I'll show you the photo in the break, but they were kissing, mm. and and we were we were then sitting around. Okay, what's the best way to attack this? Yeah. We write something on her car, or do we go the off the field stuff? Oh, what yeah. else do we do? Flatten the tires. Flatten the tires. Carrot in the exhaust. <laughs> but oh, we, the we tires. ended up, yeah. We yeah. ended up not doing it. Knocking on the lady's door. Hey, sorry, you know you parked here because she was out of the way. Mm. But bad parking is just an inexcusable yeah. act. What are you doing today, Gibbo? What's your plans? I'm actually you not doing anything. No, because it's uh, Queen's birthday weekend, so everyone gets a uh, week off. So yeah. you, you you had the season delayed by a month and a half, and then you yep. get a weekend off because of a monarch. Exactly right. Well, it's people, not even a birthday. Well, people prior to the three weeks off would have put in annual leave. They would have gone away with their mates, me not being one of them. But, yeah, no, no. game for us today. So I'm actually going to be doing the cricket from in here later tonight. Oh, right. Oh, cool. So what I've done is if, I'm, if I have time off, Mm. Not great. 
Yes. Not great. I'll be I'll be down at the bowling club. Yeah. At twelve thirty. Yeah, you're but saving I'm, yourself from yourself, basically. Opportunity cost. Yeah. Because the money I'm making here, I'm not spending. Not spending. It out. So I'm I'm here all weekend. It's like you're on double time. So this is Tedesco being denied that try and then scoring up the other end through uh, Dane Gagai. Absolutely. Twelve right. point turnaround. Or Daniel Tupo throwing that forward pass and then getting punted for the fox next week. Yeah, but just on that, why did he not get a penalty? What's that? Val tackled him in the air. So mm. why was it a handover on the last? What do you think of the origin, Joel? Uh, okay, here we go. I I thought it's funny, isn't it? They could have easily won. So if yeah. Tedesco's tries ruled, we're up ten points to Dell. It's not six points to four down. And no one's talking about any changes. You know, oh Jake Trebojevic should have been in. Yeah, we yeah. win. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. Nothing, nothing. changes. However, uh, sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped. There we go. Right. There's the other there one. There you go. Uh, so we have this. Geez, we live in a lucky country, don't we, Joel? Oh, 196 countries, uh, Adam. You wouldn't put your ticket back in the barrel, would you? <laughs> no, no, absolutely no. not. Um, so, uh, and never take on the newspapers, uh, Adam, because the newspaper never runs out of ink. You like that? <laughs> yes. So Especially now, not now in the digital age. That's exactly right. So, look, um, changes. Yes, I would make a couple of changes. I'll tell you this. The last three years, the combination of Appy Coruscant, Nathan Cleary, Luai, and Yo have lost four games is in Appy, three years. Is Appy allowed after he's um, is in the squad? His in camp indiscretion. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, season? but I, I just, and this is not a slide on on yeah. Cookie because Cookie is playing some good footy. However, Nathan Cleary has got man of the match once in his eleven games in State of Origin. For me, you've got to give him Appy. Okay. For the combo, yep. For the combo, just another. It, it's it's lit up the text board. On I hope the Coast Tigers t- text in. He has. Yeah. Hey boys, just witnessed the coach of a losing under 12s rugby league team yell at his team. It should be us singing our team song, not them losers. Hope it hurts you to listen to it. Talk about a nutcase. Yep. Yep. That's I, along those lines. I've heard this second hand, so I've not seen this myself. Where a what you see with a lot of rugby league coaches, and I, I don't even know why they do this. They go hold, hold, hold up. You know, they do this stupid thing. Hold, hold, hold Because I've seen them do it in NRL level. Yes, right. Um, hold, hold, hold up. Well, apparently a local coach is teaching his kids, and they're like under 10s, to say, money, 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 kill. And I'm thinking, geez, that's an ordinary look, isn't it? That's like something out of a Mighty Ducks movie. Or yeah, something like money, that. money, money, kill. I mean, come that's on, that's the They're the... Uh... They're the despised team in yeah. one of those Disney movies yeah, yeah, that yeah. you, you yeah, hate, and then the hero right. comes back. And What was the big goalkeeper's name? Was it Goldberg? I don't know. Goldberg, I, I think, wasn't it? I forget. You don't remember him? Goldberg? Never seen it. Oh, you've never seen Mighty Ducks? You've had a deprived uh, About 30 upbringing. years ago, I, saw, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for the text on the text line. Joel Kane, thank you for joining us in here. TC Tigers are about to jump at Newcastle. I've had uh, a little investment in the ownership of said horse. Yes. So it jumps from barrier or inside barrier, but yeah, it'll be running on nicely. But have a good afternoon, mate. Thank you, Ads. I've been using that uh, text screen all for about 12 months. I didn't even know it was touchscreen until you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> have a good day, folks. I'm not going anywhere. I'll see you in about no, five minutes. No, Joel Kane coming up with Adrian Proshenko and James Magnuson. Gibbo, thank you. Enjoy the Arvo. Davo, wherever you are, good on you. Adam Peacock here with the Mowers Club. We're done. Here's some Jimi Hendrix to see us out. The pump-up song.
stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, stuff is helping mental health too. Find stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.